Hey, good morning to you and a happy Monday. It's Bruce and Judy with you. And what the hell happened this weekend? I'm minding my own business, driving uh, on the Edens, headed out Saturday afternoon. I start getting a little, few little snowflakes. Okay, big deal. A couple little snowflakes, no problem. Then the snowflakes start getting bigger. You know, they're the, they're the ones that like they're coming at you, and you're like, "That's a really big snowflake, right?" And then traffic gets to an almost standstill because we're at near whiteout conditions. Saturday at around five o'clock, driving in Chicago on April second. This is un, it's unacceptable. Quite honestly, unreal. I, I just was like, okay, I knew we might have a little chance of snow flurries. But, I mean, it came down. Some places got a couple inches of snow in a short period of time on Saturday. That's what you call a snow squall. That was a squall. Mm -hmm. That was the definition of a squall. Now I learn, all right? And uh, a shout-out to those of us who were uh, driving along and, you know, got down to, like, 10 miles an hour because you couldn't see more than about two cars in front of you because it was so thick. Pretty amazing out there. Not what I was expecting for my Saturday. Um, But that's just maybe one of the reasons why... And if you're driving right now, um, people get a little fired up behind the wheel. Road rage, we've heard. Aggressive driving. It has a bunch of different uh, um, names. But um, are you a road rager? Do you rage behind the wheel? 312-591-8900. What drives you crazy? Okay. I am. I don't think I'm a road rager. I, I know I'm not. I don't get angry behind the wheel necessarily. I get frustrated at people that drive slow in the left lane. And by yeah. slow, I mean if I can get to your back bumper, you're going too slow. If I'm doing, uh, if you're doing a hundred and I'm doing a hundred and five, you're too slow. Now, I will say sometimes you got to give let, give people time to get out of the left lane, though. You know, if they're in the left lane, they're going slow, and then you get right up behind them. I mean, practically on top of them, and you got to give them a minute to get over. Because sometimes it happens to me. I'm just going Not along. a minute. I'll give them a couple seconds to get over. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm in the left lane. I'm going pretty fast, but then someone comes up right behind me and really fast. I'm like, all right, dude, let me get out of your way, because you're going 90 in a 55. Yes. So, yeah, then I'll, I'll I always 90. get out. But, yeah, driving people, I don't think people, I don't understand how you get a license not knowing you can't drive in the left lane. It's a passing lane. It's against lane. the law. Yeah, it's a passing lane. And and you know what? I would be a lot more okay with the sp- getting the speeding tickets I get. Just cost of doing business. If they were giving out the same number of tickets for people driving in the left-hand lane, I'm like, hey, let's enforce all the laws equally, okay? Yes, I was speeding. There goes another left lane camper. Yeah, has anyone ever gotten a left lane ticket? Yes. Some places do it, and we celebrate it. Those of us that are uh, single-issue people like me, left-lane campers, uh, we celebrate them to the end of... We, 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 I mean, you know someone who's gotten a ticket for driving slow. And I'm saying, has anyone yeah. even... Have they ever... I, I don't hear of anyone saying, ah, oh, it's driving slow in the left lane, I got a ticket. Ever in my life have I it's heard that. It's not enough. Don't get me wrong. It's like uh, two like snowflakes. It doesn't happen all the time. Mm-hmm. But when it does, ah. Oh. It is a wonder to behold. <laughs> or the person who drives on the uh, side of the, uh, you know, not on the road, on the... Um, the shoulder? The shoulder. Oh, that's my biggest pet peeve. And so dangerous, right? Sure. I mean, you could absolutely... They uh, just drive on the shoulder to get ahead. 
To yeah. get ahead. To get ahead. Yeah, like those damn pace buses. Who do they think they are oh. driving on the shoulder? It says That's... right on the side of it. Can drive on the shoulder. <laughs> it's an actual lane for I them. don't know about that. <laughs> I don't believe it. So can I just write, can drive on the shoulder on my car, yeah. and then I can just follow the pace bus along? You know what the funny part about that is? I believe, though, that's on the left-hand, right? It's not on yes. the right shoulder. It's left-hand left shoulder. I mean, it's ridiculous to ever drive on the on the shoulder on the right-hand side. Yeah, but what it's... if I have to get somewhere really quick? No, what, and what here's if I'm going the thing. Really what if I'm tired of waiting? Yeah, exactly. What if I'm tired of waiting? I have seen people be pulled over, and it is oh, the sure. greatest feeling in the world. Yeah. Ah, that's what I say when I drive by. Ha ah, ha! And I make sure they see my mouth open saying that. So it's difficult to come at and actually quantify the numbers, you know, because you know it gets into state of mind. But there definitely seems to be something behind an increase in aggressive driving, road rage incidents in some way, shape, or form. Maybe not all of them leading to horrific violence. Don't get me wrong, but you know, from the shaking of a fist to the "you're number one" to actually getting out of the car and screaming at people. But you know, some of the people that they pay attention to this, the experts are saying that when you are stressed out, you know, and a lot, a lot of people are, um, when your fuse is already short driving alone just getting behind the wheel and having to interact with other drivers can push you over the edge well yeah i think road ragers already have a short fuse they got in the car angry they they're always angry those i mean i I don't believe that being on the road and someone you know getting by you passing you you know shoving you off the road I, i just that would not drive me insane to the point of ramming the back of their car, jumping oh out of my car, yeah. and running up to the window. Those people have done similar things. Uh, or have but, been waiting to do that their whole lives. So, I mean, in this day and age, though, isn't it safe to assume that the person in the other car... Like, uh, I, listen, I, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I assume everybody has a gun. Like, oh, yeah. I, I, I'm not starting a fight on the road... Only because, you know, I don't want bullet holes in my windows. Absolutely. I just assume. And that's not even, yeah, that's not a road rager. That's just a person who doesn't care. Right. You, I don't look at anyone on the Eisenhower. Oh, don't look them in the eyes? Oh, in the eye. I don't, I don't move my head back and forth. I just, I use my rear view mirror just to pass. I don't make eye contact. I keep both hands on the wheel. Don't make eye contact. I drive fast because if I don't, you're a target. Yeah. No, no, no. Not on the Eisenhower. Certain expressways, you just can't do that. Yeah. And when people zip by you, you just say, yep, you help you get there quick. Give them a wave. All right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So more and more folks out there having, having problems with it. But, you know, this, this gets into, um, something that I think a lot of people might, might be dealing with relatively recently, which is getting back behind the wheel, commuting to and from work and the impact that especially a long commute can have on your emotional. Your physical well-being, the the toll it takes after maybe having got out of the habit for a while. And I think a lot of people realizing, oh, my goodness, I have two extra hours a day. I didn't know what I was going to do with. This is fantastic. Instead of sitting in the car in bumper-to-bumper traffic. Yeah. But, but the fact that it does impact your health in a lot of ways. Uh, so I that was my biggest hate while in my working world before was the commute. Sitting in traffic? Well, and I drove off hours, so it wasn't to Chicago, so it wasn't so bad. It was still bad enough. It was bad enough to put me in a bad mood, to just grate on my nerves. So now think about all those people who had two years off. 
Right. And now they have to get back. I get that. It's, you know, either you're right, you're going to become a road rager, or just the fact that you have to be in that traffic, in that commute. And even when it's not so bad, it's still it's still sort of bad because I, driving has become a sport now. It's not like it used to be. I mean, like you said, you better move over if you're in the left lane. You yes. better be. You better go 70 miles an hour at least in a 55 zone. Oh. I, you know, I'm not a speeder. I don't like to speed. I think it's oh. dangerous. I, but I'll, I'll go 10, 15 over. I mean, I guess that is speeding, but I'm not the if 90 miles. not, they're going by you on both but sides like you're go dragging an anchor. 90 miles an hour. Oh, yes, they do. If you're not uh, taking that Oak Street Beach curve on LSD as quickly as possible, if you people get, get mad. If you don't get a little... When you're going through, you're not going fast enough. You see people on two wheels. It's like, Ugh. dude, it's dangerous. It's the Duke's a hazard it. out there. Try so, to apex it. You go way out, and then you dive across the lanes. Uh, you got to apex it. Apex everything. So when, you know, I get it. People are just, so it's off for two years. You get, you're a little rusty, say. I mean, you're not going to forget mm. how to drive. But now you're a little rusty. Now you're back on the road. Maybe there's not as many cars but people are just crazier. They, they're they taking more risks than they ever have. Let's put it that way. Everywhere. It's not just here. It's everywhere I drive. I've got seatbelts. I sprung for the extra airbags. I'll be fine, for God's sakes. I'll, if I don't walk away, I'll limp away at least. Yeah, I didn't know? listen to Ralph Nader for no reason. Hello? You know? I put on that seatbelt. I got yeah airbags. You're Come good. on, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, this, these aren't the cars from the seventies that right. uh, stay completely you know intact. I'll be okay. And then you hit the dashboard. They crumple, so then you're fine. Very little concern. Okay, Absolutely. do you both hear yourselves talking? Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the researchers actually also said, check this out, and I hadn't thought of it in this context. Sitting. For long periods of time isn't good for you. We've heard about that, like mm-hmm. the sedentary lifestyle at, at home or at work. Well, the same thing goes for sitting in a car. I mean, you know, you maybe you get your seatbelt on. You, you certainly aren't getting up and going for a walk every once in a while. I mean, you can't stretch out, and that just lends all of this into the mental, the physical aspect about uh, being on a on a commute and the impact it has on you. So, if you are currently sitting in the car, first off, as we said, we hope you're doing ninety. Uh, keeping up with traffic is what we call that around here. Just, you know, is what it is. Uh, but, uh, do, do be smart. Do be careful. Uh, we can't afford to lose any of you. And a good morning. A happy Monday to you. A little bit of Eric Church for you. And you might remember that, uh, well, Judy, Eric was the subject of a debate last week as the final four, uh, was this last weekend? Championship game is tonight, but Saturday, uh, North Carolina and Duke played, by the way, for the first time ever in the tournament. I, I was shocked. I thought maybe it was the first. I thought I heard it, it was the first time in the Final Four. First time ever that these two bitter rivals had ever faced in the tournament. So Eric Church is a University of North Carolina Tar Heel fan. He's an Uber fan. And he canceled a concert Saturday night in San Antonio. So that he could go to the game. Outrage ensued. How is he going to possibly make it up? Well, (laughs) Eric Church is going to do a free concert for the city of San Antonio. That makes it up, doesn't it? Come on. Free concert? Yeah, for those who bought tickets. They got them refunded. They got them refunded. They didn't get their hotels refunded or their travel expenses. But yeah, they got their tickets. So now he's going to hold a concert. Not in San Antonio. But like a half hour away in yeah, New Braunfels. New Braunfels. It's, it's a suburb. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So it's right there. Um, maybe that wasn't enough for you. 
Bud Light, never one to give up on the opportunity. And Nick, I, I hate to break it to you, but you missed out. Oh. You had to be in San Antonio Saturday night. Because mm. right at 8 o'clock, when the Eric Church concert was supposed to be happening, Bud Light gave away free beer in San Antonio. <laughs> Nice. They try to smooth it over, baby, for some of the, the fans. And you didn't even have to be an Eric Church fan. You didn't have to, like, show a copy of your ticket or anything. Just Saturday night, down there in the Riverwalk area, they just started giving away free beer. Mm-hmm. That's, I, you know. I, you know, I wouldn't say they were soothing the, uh, you know, the fans because they were just taking advantage of the situation, which was brilliant on their part, right? Hey, we're going to give you free beers. I mean, nothing to do with Eric. Eric, the the guy I would never go see again. So I know you think it's okay that he did that. Absolutely. I think it's Doesn't bother me in the slightest. Mm. Uh, so tonight, well, he obviously, I mean, I don't know if he had a concert schedule for tonight, but he ain't going tonight because the championship have. game is tonight. Right. So and now, you he's know what? going to I that one. I hope they lose. Oh, Judy. I know. Me. It's mean of me, but secretly I'm like... Okay, dude, you think it's so important? I hope they lose. Maybe he's the reason they won. His cheering on the sideline? Yes, he's his, a good luck he's, charm. He's a good luck charm. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if Michael Jordan isn't their good luck charm, who is, right? I For mean, real. if he's such yeah. a psychotic fan, he should have just not scheduled concerts then during the... Well, but you didn't you know. know when you didn't know if your team uh, was going to be playing. I mean, if, I guess if you're case. a true optimist, you're like, yeah. I, need to, I need to block out the Final Four because I'm going. Our team's going. Yeah, I yeah. I guess if you're if you're a true fan, you should not make any plans for the final four because you, you're expecting their points. He could have had his concert and appeased all his fans because now he's got haters who aren't ever going to go see him. And his team won anyway, and he could have just gone to, to tomorrow's game. Yeah, but he was there. Yeah, but he could be tom- at tomorrow's game, which is the big game. Mm, I think for a lot of North Carolina fans, oh, Saturday's yeah. game was the big game. Saturday was the big game. Right. Was the big game Beating Duke okay. and and basically sending Coach K out with a loss. His final, you know, kind of other than that, his final game is a loss against North Carolina. That is Christmas, New Year's, birthday, and Arbor Day all rolled into one for North <laughs> oh. Carolina fans. <laughs> Here, here's a great uh, little factoid too. So, Coach K's final loss was yeah. to UNC. Yep. His first loss was also to UNC. Bookends, bookends. So they wow. they took him down at the wow. very beginning and took him down at the very end. And, and no what disrespect gr- to Coach K, no, fantastic yeah, coach, great coach, maybe one of the one of the best college basketball coaches of all time. I have no argument. But they I got, mean, they Duke got the has, final say. Duke has been in it a lot more times than the Tar Heels, right? No. No, they're both, no, they're both really good, good teams. Oh, I, yeah, I, both I, really good. I know Duke. I hear Duke all the time. I'm not so familiar with the Tar Heels. Uh, well, I think there was a guy. I think he played for the Bulls, maybe? That mm. uh, he started yeah. at Ryan UNC. Yeah. Uh, Borden. Borden. Yeah. The only Number time I've heard of them. Maybe. The yeah. only time you've ever heard of the Tar Heels. No, I've never heard of them. I just, <laughs> Duke is, such to me, such a big name when it comes That's, to basketball, and it's not so much North Carolina. It's so blue-blooded at Duke. You know, mm. it's very famous. It's Everybody knows what Duke is, even outside of the basketball. People know people know Duke for being a great school. But, uh, yeah, UNC, no slouch. Certainly no slouches when it comes to basketball. Well, yeah. let's see. Let's, I'm going to check and see how many times they've been. <laughs> I'm just now I've got I I don't like him. Thank You're you, Eric Church. Now. now you've given me a bad taste. So in North my mouth. Carolina has been in the right. Final Four 21 times. In the Final Four, 
if they win tonight, I want to say it's their sixth national championship. And they'll be the lowest seed. If they win tonight, they'll be the lowest seed to ever win the championship for the NCAA. Really? Yeah. Eight eight. 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 Just full yeah. Of, of little factoids today. It's it's really weird. I got really into it on Saturday. I was and I am not a big, you know, Duke UNC. I don't really care about either. I'm I'm Ramblers. Go Ramblers. I, but, I uh, not not to not to be uh, Debbie Downer here and I'm but what was Loyola last year when they won? What seed were they? What I want to say they, they didn't win like, the national championship. No, but they were. I want to say they. Oh, were like a yeah, you're right. They seed. didn't. Okay, they were like okay. a twelve. Right. They yeah. were sim- yeah. a similar. And, 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 and what, final, and what is, final game? And what is Duke here? An eight, ranked? eight, which is weirdly low. But I think uh, it's, UNC is an eight. Yeah, U, yeah, yeah. Sorry, UNC is an eight. Duke was a two seed. Yeah. Uh, so it UNC was ranked weirdly low, but I think they had a string of injuries going into it. Well, they didn't have a great. They didn't have a regular season. They they had a tough. Yeah, few games. Throughout the season, got them in as an AC, but they're still UNC. They're still going to be very, very. I had to look good. it up. So, so UNC's played in twenty-one Final Fours. Duke has played in thirteen. Still fantastic. Yeah. Oh well, but more than Duke. Yeah, yeah. No, UNC both basketball powerhouses, warehouses. You know, turning <laughs> yeah, them out. Yeah, they are basketball Basically. machines. Yes, yep. might be a good way to put it. Uh, so yeah, uh, Eric Church was there. I have a feeling I'll be there tonight as well. Uh, <laughs> To see UNC, and uh, um, the game is tonight, the national championship game. Go, who are they playing? Kansas. No other teams. Kansas, Kansas. Score points. Local sports team. <laughs> well, you know Kansas isn't going to win because they're number one. It's just, it's not, you know. Just, well, they're a one seed, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're a one seed. I always feel like in the... And they were, they were one of the best teams in the league, all, all kind of. In, in in NCAA, they were ranked number one overall. See, I would for normally part of the go. For, I would go for the underdog normally, but Eric mm-hmm. Church ruined it for me. Eric Church ruined yeah. UNC for you. I wonder right. if he'll buy a beer for everyone at the game. Right? Yeah. They, how win. Many, uh, let's, they win. We should wager how many times the camera will. He's shift gonna to be him. three sheets. They're gonna I'll be on that. him. Yeah, he's gonna be on. Better be drinking Bud Light. Yeah. Well, for free. For goodness sakes. Hey, there's still time for our criminal of the day. And I got to give a shout out to Brandy Jones of Dublin, California, who proved the old adage that leopards cannot change their spots. I think that's the adage. I'm not 100% sure. Allegedly, Miss Jones, a twice convicted car thief, was scheduled to appear at the Alameda Superior East County Hall of Justice on charges of... You guessed it, car theft. Not wanting to miss the opportunity for a third conviction, she headed into the city to face the music. Did she take the bus to the courthouse? Nope. Get a ride from a friend? Nope. Hitchhike? Nope. As is her nature, police say she stole a van and drove it to her court appearance, (laughs) triggering a stolen vehicle license plate reader in the city. Dublin police located the stolen van, parked outside the court, and waited patiently. When, to nobody's surprise, Jones showed back up and was immediately arrested for car theft. That's number four by my count. The good news is, Miss Jones didn't have far to go, as the county jail is located next door to the courthouse, two places she is now very familiar with. So, for stealing a car... To drive to your court appearance for stealing a car. Having been convicted of stealing cars <laughs> twice before, you, Brandy Jones, are the Bruce St. James Show criminal of the day. You are. All <laughs> suspects described above should be considered innocent until found guilty in a court of law. 
No matter how crazy they are, for goodness sakes. All right, thank you for joining us for our criminal of the day and our lovely Brandy. Hey, good morning and a happy Monday to you. Thank you for being a part of this and joining us. Hey, Will Smith has officially resigned from the Academy in the wake of, what are we going to call it, Slapgate? Does he have to give back his Oscar? And uh, how did Saturday Night Live react to the weekend? We've got it all at 6.45. And Coach K's career has come to a close with a loss against rival UNC. What legacy does he leave behind? And who will take the championship title tonight? Kansas. That's what's coming up at 6.30. And new emissions guidelines want cars to get more miles to the gallon. But what happens when we can't get new cars made? That in just a few minutes. But first, Illinois lawmakers are wrapping up their session this Friday with rising crime and a budget at the top of their minds. How will these two issues affect the polls in November? And is the state making any progress? Joining us now, he's the one and only Big John Help. John, good morning. Happy Monday. Uh, good morning, guys. I love it when uh, uh, Nick Gale quotes Shakespeare, bated breath. Yes. Nice. <laughs> that, that, he's playing above the rim tonight. And I did he's... so correctly, right? Yes. Well, kind of. Yeah. It's, it, uh, you know, it's going to be a good week. Yeah. I, I can't wait for the next reference in the next <laughs> in, the, in the next news break, right? So, so John, we were talking about the fact that, you know, I, I don't think you have to be a genius to look around and say that the, the economy and crime are not just at the top of the minds of lawmakers in Illinois, but probably at the top of minds of most citizens in Illinois. Well, inflation is. The economy is, uh, you know, it's it's quite hot right now, and that adds to inflation, and the unemployment rate is way down. There's plenty of jobs out there, so it's not like we're heading towards, you know, a depression sort of situation. I mean, inflation's a concern, and crime is a concern, especially here in the city, even the surrounding suburbs. But uh, there's a surplus in uh, Springfield, and the Democrats have a supermajority, and thanks to redistricting and gerrymandering, they're likely to add to that in November, not detract from it. So it's a pretty good time uh, for the uh, General Assembly in Springfield now through what, Friday? Yeah, yeah, it ends on Friday. So then does that translate into a good, uh, pretty good time for Democrats when it comes to re-election? I would think so. Yeah, here in this state, I think it's, uh, it's theirs to lose, obviously. So, uh, and, and, you know, this, this might be a bit of a 30,000-foot you know, question. When do voters start help holding a party accountable for things like crime or or you know some of the issues we have with a with a budget necessarily and unfunded liabilities and rising taxes in Illinois? Well, you're going to hold generally general assembly members, uh, you know, you're going to blame them for crime. Crime is a, a, a police and a Kim Fox and a mayoral issue in mm-hmm. this city. That that's where it starts, and that's really where, where it should ends. Where it should end, you know, people blaming J.B. Pritzker for Chicago crime. I mean, that's not going to stick to him. Uh, he has very little to do with it, frankly. It's the mayor and it's the uh, state's attorney. So and the police uh, with a wave of retirements, and I get it. But also uh, since uh, uh, the summer of 2020, uh, I'll say this diplomatically, probably a little slower to respond uh, at times. So it's a cumulative effect, and it's a. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, it all adds up to a lot of crime. If you don't hold these uh, gangs and these uh, mobs uh, accountable, uh, then they wor- work with impunity, and that's what that's what has to be dealt with on a street level basis, not necessarily out of Springfield. And I mean, we do talk we talk a lot about crime in Chicago. You know, there's crime in a lot of places, including the suburbs. But I think there's the difference, John. They catch generally catch the criminals 
I would say almost always in the suburbs, and they prosecute them. You know, we've got this problem here with it's it's a prosecution problem almost. I mean, crime is up. Don't get me wrong, especially during the pandemic. But, you know, with Kim Fox, I feel like all Democrats are tainted because of her. Well, you know, the smash and grab robberies, robberies, at least in my suburbs, have not been solved because they're gone. They're vaporized, you know, within, you know, two or three minutes after they hit the the suburban malls. Mm -hmm. But that being said, you know, there's another thing we're going to talk about on my program later is the fact that on electronic monitoring, now, albeit, it's only 1%, Mm -hmm. only 1% of those out on electronic monitoring, but they get two days off of their electronic monitoring to go to the grocery store and also to apply for jobs. And what happens? Well... So, you know the the people who are for this program say it's part of the uh, um you know the new uh, the new uh, safety justice. act safety act yeah. whereas essentially you're giving these people an opportunity to redeem themselves to go out and apply for a job without an ankle bracelet uh it also gives them a job uh, opportunity to go get groceries or uh, pursue a, a educational opportunities or whatever whatever but even Tom Dart uh objects to it because there are people who have been charged not convicted but charged uh, with uh, violent crimes that are on electronic monitoring, home monitoring, who get two days off. Essentially, you get a weekend, so you can take your uh, your ankle bracelet off, leave it at home, and take off and do what you want for two days. And Tom Dart says even a small percentage of the 1% are violent criminals, allegedly, mm-hmm. or repeat offenders, allegedly, and he thinks it's a terrible program. Uh, we're going to talk more about that, hopefully, with the sheriff later on this afternoon. Yeah, I mean, I, I, listen, if if the program works, it works. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know, I mean, look at it from that angle. I, I guess I can understand the concept of it, but you're right. Maybe a few bad apples would ruin it for everyone. Well, look, good in theory, bad in practice, right? There so you go. If you have a, if you want to make exceptions for people who are not an imminent threat to the community or they're not an imminent threat to flee, a judge can make that decision, but mm-hmm. it should not be uh, carte blanche. Now, again, I think judges have to opt into this program, but it's just another one of those. Uh, uh, it's a program that, again, it sounds like it's something we want to do as a society to give people a redemption, a chance at redemption, but if it breaks bad even once, uh, it's it's not worth doing. And, you know, sometimes you have to say, if you've been charged with a violent crime, I'm sorry, uh, if the judge says says you have to be on home monitoring, all right, fine, but that means you can't take off your ankle bracelet for two days a week. Right. So right. it just seems like... Well, they seem like there's a liability issue as there well, is. wouldn't there you've already, you've already been given a break. You're going home. You're not staying at 26 mm. in California. Mm-hmm. So you've already been given a break, so you have to stay home. I'm sorry you can't apply for a job. You're going to have to have your groceries delivered. Tough luck. Good luck in court. And, and I mean, you know, so, okay, you want to go apply for a job? Well, then there, they, there's got to be some kind of a plan in place where you can still wear your ankle bracelet and go. Because um, if you take your ankle bracelet off and you go apply for a job and you get it, you're going to have to put your ankle bracelet back on. Yeah. <laughs> I know, you know, good in it's, theory, terrible in practice, right? And you know, sometimes I guess you need to do these things to to, to find the the bad in it and then reassess. Yeah. He he's John Howell again. You can catch up with him this afternoon right here on WLS. You know, and it was speaking of programs out there, where do you come down? And I'm curious as to your take on the free gas, free CTA cards that Mayor Lightfoot is proposing. I know Nick Gale was going to quote Shakespeare again, but let me just say, uh, never confuse activity with accomplishment. Mm. How about Willie Wilson? I'm just giving away free gas, but I, that's not because I'm running for mayor again. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink. I'm just giving away free gas. Yeah. What do you think the odds are he's running for mayor? 
Oh, of course he is. What else does he do? Fair enough. Okay, yeah. yeah. I'm saying, I, I didn't know if everyone was on the same page with that. Yeah, and the mayor, uh, I think, is going to announce later today, too. Isn't she really? Officially. Yeah, I think so. Mm. All right. Hey, John, thank you for your time this morning. We appreciate it. Thanks, John. Uh, Guys, got... are, you, are you celebrating Muddy Waters' birthday today in the well, city of Chicago? Well, who is quite honestly? Okay, uh, isn't everyone? Yeah. And, oh, and uh, we've got links and drinks coming up. Are you going to be uh, going to challenge I, us? I'll be out there, that's for sure. I don't know if I'm playing the course this year, but I, I didn't get an opportunity to play last year. I know. Kim Gordon and I were stuck on a uh, uh, practice the green. Putting green, yeah. Which was well, fun. you were the putting pro. I enjoyed it. Uh, but uh, that being said, I'd like to play the track. I'm going to try to get out there before. Uh, oh, look at the, that! The deal. He's going to scout it ahead of time. Friday, it's Friday the third of Friday the third oh. of June. I yep. believe it's going to sell out. So go to our website. And make sure you get your twosome or foursome. Sign up today. Here, here, and uh, see if you can beat John Hell. By the way, good luck, thank John. Thank you for your time. Have a wonderful show today. Uh, you guys as well. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. So- I would never want to play golf with John or Kim. Uh, they're both very, very oh, good. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I need a clarification. Is that cookie and ketchup's together? Because that's horrible. Good morning <laughs> to you. Uh, happy Monday. It's Bruce and Judy with you. And, uh, boy, the price of gas isn't going to give us a, a break anytime soon, it seems like. But, you know, you may you may not even be aware of how your driving can affect your miles per gallon. We were talking earlier about people at speed. I'm one of them. I burn through gas like mm-hmm. it's going out of style. I've made the calculation on my time. I got more uh, money than time, not more time than money. Hmm. So uh, I'll take the lower miles per gallon. But cars now in the United States, and I think it's interesting because when I say this number, by the year 2026, new vehicles are going to be required to average 40 miles a gallon. 2026, that's forever from... Wait a minute, that's not that far away anymore. I know, it sounds, oh my God. It sounds so far Doesn't away. Doesn't it sound like another universe? Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. It's four flipping years away. Mm-hmm. Four years. Uh, that cars will that must average 40 miles per gallon. So what does that mean? Again. Sounds good to me, 40 miles a gallon? Compared I, to I, I can drive it twenty eight. The way I drive it, I could get that thing down to eighteen. You watch, uh, but but again, keep in mind. I saw something interesting. I was I was listening to uh, I was watching a piece about new cars, and have you noticed that a lot of cars look alike? Doesn't matter if it's a Ford or a Nissan. Doesn't matter if it's a Chevy or a Lexus. Like the shape of car, it's difficult to tell. Like, well, who, what kind of a car is that? They More all, rounded. The, uh, the SUVs, they all look the same. Yeah, the yeah, SUVs do look the same. So here's why. I did not know. So I was, a, I was, it was an automotive engineer, and he goes, "Well, I can tell you why." And he says, "We have fuel economy standards that we are trying to reach. The minimums mm-hmm. we have to do. So we have computer programs that help us." Create the shape of a yeah, like the aerodynamic. aerodynamic vehicle for most fuel efficiency. He goes, well, guess what? We all use the same bleeping computer. We all use the same program. So guess what it tells us? All the cars are the same shape. This is the most aerodynamic slash fuel efficient thing we have. So that's why cars are becoming more... I use the term generic. Other than the grill and the rear lights... It's very homogenous. Oh, yeah. Thank you. That's, that's the why word. they're coming up with these new colors. 
Yeah. The only way to tell your car yeah, apart, exactly, right? Exactly. Neon green. green. Well, All right. That's when I was, my car. When I was driving to Saint, my favorite. When I was driving to St. Louis okay, this weekend. You, this weekend you were this on the weekend, road. I, I know exactly what you're talking about, Bruce. Everything looked the same. Everybody's got either like kind of a silver gray, yep. black, maybe white. And I saw, I think it was a Dodge Charger that kind of looks like a little bit more like a classic American yeah, muscle car. kind of a retro feel they did with that. And I know Dodges, Dodges don't have a great reputation, correct? Mm, right. They're, they're yeah. okay. They're not, not wonderful, not terrible, yeah. But I was so jealous. I loved looking at that car. Because said, it stood out. It's distinct. It didn't look like everything else. Yeah, it looked like a cool car. I was dri- I drive a Honda Accord. I mean, I might as well be taking my kids to soccer practice. Ouch. You know, it's <laughs> a great car. Great car goes forever. Great ma- gas mileage, but, but not distinctive. Not distinct, and that that hurt me a little bit. It even hurt. though I know it's better to have the car that I have. Well, but that's what it's going to come down to, right? You're going to buy a car based on that, on fuel efficiency, and you know, basically fuel efficiency, how much it costs, maybe you know how how long it's going to last, or you're going to buy that Dodge. You're going to buy a sporty car that yes. might not last. I mean, the way you speed, it won't last long at all. No. Because you'll yeah. likely get it, you'll likely, pole. exactly. <laughs> and, you know, pole. so that's going to, that, that's gonna, what we're going to be down to, I guess. I mean, I think it used to be just based on size, right? We all knew that smaller the cars. The bigger the car, yeah, the worse the gas got. mileage. But sure. now, I think, and it's so funny, because I have a Honda Pilot, an old one, mm-hmm. and I saw a new Honda Pilot on the road, and you're right. I was like, what is that car? It was just, it looks like it looked like an SUV, mm-hmm. but it was a Honda Pilot. Mm-hmm. Because it, they're making them more compact. It kind of all look alike. Yes, but... Uh, you know, I kind of like them, and you know what? For me, at my age, I'll take the I'll take the forty miles um, per gallon. Oh. That's more important to me than uh, you know. Well, so maybe you have two cars. Maybe you got that car you keep in the garage. You only take out on Sundays. Weekend car. Weekend yeah. car. My dad, I need those. a weekend car. Yeah, yeah. get a week, get a real sporty one. Are you Corvette yeah. man? An old like, one no, that I'm you only drive on Sundays slowly. Yeah, yeah. slowly. Okay. I don't want anything I have to drive slowly. My I want to get dad, that out of the way. My dad, Lee, just showed up recently, a few weeks ago, to my house with some little two-seater car. Oh, really? That he bought. Went out and got a new car. At a garage sale. You don't buy cars at a garage sale. That's not <laughs> a thing. Did. That's not a thing. He, my did he go to the garage guy. sale, and then they were like, there's a car in the garage? He goes, how much for the car? Well, that's not for sale. It's a garage yep, sale. Yep, just saying. Absolutely. He did. And, you know, he's a car guy, so he, this is going to spend some time fixing it up. I'll give me five bucks. But let me just tell you, I, I jumped in, and we went around the mm-hmm. block. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. The the wind blowing in my hair. I yeah. loved it. Like I could totally see well, myself think, driving that car, but not to work. The problem is that if car manufacturers are going to have to reach that forty mile per gallon uh, threshold, mm-hmm. there ain't going to be a lot of cars that don't look like everything else that aren't built like everything else because they have to hit that number before they have to make. The sporty looking thing or the unique looking thing. You know, it's like Jeeps always stand out because nothing else looks like a Jeep. It's also not very fuel efficient, by the way. Throw it out there. You know, what is Jeep going to have to do to be able to make this? Are their cars going to look more homogenous? Is the Dodge Challenger or the Charger going to start looking a little rounder in some areas because I they mean, have to hit these numbers? Is the shape the only thing that affects fuel no, efficiency? No, the engine yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. they've got the work. weight. I just feel this like is a in, mathematical in this, computation. Yeah, in this day and age, it's. 2022 almost 2025 how why don't we have the technology now to have cars that get 60 miles to the gallon i think we do but you also have to balance it out with 
how how expensive that technology. I mean, it's going to get cheaper. Mm, Tech- can I do burnouts if I get sixty miles per gallon? Uh, I don't think I can. Yeah, I'd rather do burnouts. <laughs> I'd rather go through rear tires. Hey, good morning to you, and a happy Monday, Bruce and Judy, with you right now. But did you know it's National Hug a News Person Day? Nick, get over here! Oh, thanks, buddy. National Hug, and we can do virtual hugs for you right now. All right, <laughs> or if you run into another news person, who knows? You know, on the streets of Chicago, you could you could bump into anybody, right? Uh, I wouldn't suggest going up to a news person you don't know. Don't just cuddle up to Tom Skilling. <laughs> Not on the streets of Chicago. Just don't, just don't mm, grab them. No. Mm-mm. Not a good Friends idea. Friends don't shake hands. Friends hug, Tom. Okay. <laughs> um, it's an interesting time in the world of sports. Uh, Nick, I heard you mention earlier, Tiger Woods is hinting at possible yeah. return to the Masters this weekend. A tournament he has won five times. Uh, it kicks off this Thursday. Big deal for a lot of folks. I'll be camped in front of the TV, no doubt, watching from Augusta. Uh, think about this. It was just over a year ago. It was February of last year that Tiger Woods was in that car crash. That seems like a longer. Yeah. I don't know why that seems longer for me. Yeah, and that was a right. very serious. I mean, I remember that happened. I mean, we were in fear for his life. I mean, you know, that car went off the side of a cliff, basically. Yeah, it rolled down a hill. Uh, he suffered serious leg injuries. He has not played in a tournament since, but he has been tweeting that he might jump in and play. Here's the, here's the reality of it. This, I'm going to make some people feel old. Tiger Woods is 46 years old. He's, he's it's almost, golf. Don't you get better with age? He's about ready to join the senior tour, you know, which he can probably whip their butts <laughs> on. Don't get me wrong. But he's not the Tiger Woods people remember. Does that make sense? Like, I think when it's because when you still say Tiger Woods to me, I see the red shirt, I see the black pants, and I see a right. young Tiger Woods, you know, Tiger's up by eight strokes. Well, this one's over. You, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. He's not the same Tiger. And he hasn't been the same Tiger for a while. We tend to remember people maybe at their, their greatest. Do you, do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, of course. And. It, What's sad is why doesn't he remember that? Why doesn't you know? He I don't loves know. golf. It's all I, he's ever that's done. That's fine. Yeah, and actually, I appreciate the fact that he's picking and choosing his. You know, the yeah, he's not can't play he's all. Not, of them, yeah, I, don't so that, I think he physically can. But I, I feel like he'll know at game time, so to speak. It's like, really, do you not know today? Whether you'll be able to play do in the Masters? You, do you show up is, in Georgia? You show up standing outside Augusta and go, I don't know, Thursday, minutes? I'm going yeah. in, I'm going out. I don't your know. last stroke, you're going to go, all right, this is my decision, right? I, yeah, I mean, I think you know if you're ready yeah. or not. It just seems odd to me yeah. to be stringing everyone along. That's yeah. how it seems. It is weird because, you know, when he does play, it changes the way that golf is covered. Mm-hmm. I, I, I say this so respectfully. Does it change the game? No. I say this respectfully. Tiger Woods is still the biggest name in golf. He hasn't won a major tour in quite some time. He's he's hasn't won in a while. I mean, I'm just being honest. There are other golfers out there that are really good that you don't know their names. But once, and I get it because, yeah, it's Tiger Woods. But once he starts golfing and, and falls behind, say... It's, it shifts a little, right? They're not going to concentrate on him so much. I think uh, I feel like he gets the spotlight <laughs> right off the bat. Yeah. But if he can't keep up, yeah. I mean, people aren't there to, you know, yeah. watch I, someone know, who used to be great. And, and to his credit, I think he has brought a lot more attention to golf. Without oh, yeah. a doubt. Um, so yeah, kudos I mean, to him. Like, my favorite player is John Daly. Just oh, yeah. 
a slob like me. Drinks um, beer and smokes. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. that. I Doesn't love care. that guy. Long golfing. Yeah. And he's 55, by the way. Yeah. So he should be playing with the, geezers, the seniors. But not yet. Yeah, he's still, you know, still part of the PGA Tour. But, I mean, some of these characters, and I would call Tiger Wood a character in a good way, uh, just brought so much attention to golf. And I, I think that's what the attraction is. Without is a doubt. He is, yeah. He's a draw. Well, hey, let me, let me, he's, he's one of the, you know, maybe three people that I can name in right. golf. Uh, and he's the first, always. You say golf, I say Tiger Woods. So here's the reality. Tiger won the Masters in 2019. That was a really big deal when he won that, okay? Right. That was his first major win in 11 years. Wow. Wow. So he has won in 14 years. One major win. I'm just saying. I, we think of Tiger Woods as he's going to come. Let me put it this way. I, I'm going to say this nicely to Tiger Tiger Woods, y'all. The other golfers playing in the Masters are not worried that Tiger might show up on Thursday. The guys who are going to be up front, they're like, they're not worried. They're not. Well, and they might, they might enjoy it. They might be saying, good, I hope he does, because now we're going to get a little bit more something, something. You know, a little bit more. Pay attention to him, not more me. More people <laughs> might tune in. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't normally turn tune into the Masters unless there's people some. People will watch to see Tiger yeah. play. Yeah, no and doubt about it. is the Masters the... The top oh, yeah. game? Okay. Yeah, so, it's the biggie. so it's the biggie anyway. When is Tiger going to enter his John Daly era? And just start smoking <laughs> and drinking <laughs> on the course? I want to see Tiger Woods. Driving like, around in a bus selling yeah, t-shirts? A hundred pounds overweight. Ugh, smoking right. Winstons and Ugh. just sipping on sipping on an Arnold Palmer. Yeah. You know, with extra vodka. With his kid caddying. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. It'd be so good. <laughs> I, I just John Daly is something else. He, he is He's an American king. hero. <laughs> There's he no a, doubt about it. He is a hero to overweight white men everywhere, uh. like myself. <laughs> I look at him and I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe I, I put on it. a little bit of weight. I, I can, can still can be do it. An I, isn't he more the epitome of golfing than Tiger Woods? Yeah, depending on what your idea yeah, of golf I, is, you yeah, know. I think he is. I think for most Americans, <laughs> he's the average he's guy. He's, like. he's, the, yeah. he's the everyman's golfer. Yeah, he's willing to go out there in like a Hawaiian, you know, like Hawaiian. Oh, his pants. He always wears weird pants. Yeah, it's God. just whatever he has lying around that isn't dirty. That's right. I, I mean, come on, I, you, this is, smells good. Put it on. Yeah, he, he drives around in a bus. You know, he takes. Yeah. He goes well, from, he's got to be the only golfer with like a forty-five waistline. At like least. it's incredible. Because <laughs> golfers are in good shape. You know, well, uh, some of them are. Some, yeah, obviously not him. But, but you know, obviously he doesn't you don't win a lot need of, to be. He doesn't win a lot of tournaments either. I'm just going to throw yeah. it out there. He has a hell of a time. But he wins yeah. the heart of the people. He's here for the party, right? right? Yeah, but neither does, you know, Tiger Woods, okay? So Absolutely. there's that. Yeah. But I think the leg injuries is really what's going to be interesting. See if Tiger can come back. Because if you understand anything about golf, you know, your mechanics is what they call it. The way your swing works. If you've had a major injury, like, like he reconstructed on his legs, yeah. will, will it... Will he be able to move the same way? You know, will dude almost could not have walked again. Things you know what I mean? He was in danger of losing a leg. Yeah. yeah, I mean, was, do you come back, back it off. and be able to play at that high level? I think that's what people are going to be watching. I mean, obviously the, he yeah. can play, but yeah, it's going to be how well. Right, I can play. I just can't play well. There's yeah, the difference. <laughs> uh, the other thing people are going to be watching, obviously tonight. Uh, NCAA tournament coming to an end. Yeah. You've got uh, the championship game down in Nolens tonight where 
Kansas, KU, Rock Chalk Jayhawks, are going to be taking on uh, the UNC North Carolina Tar Heels. Like, after all this tournament, all the Cinderella's and the St. Peter's and all these, we get down to two college basketball powerhouses, which we tend to do a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, at the end of the day type thing, the really big teams end up kind of playing at the end. And I think Usually. that's what we're, I think that's what we, well, the final four was all, all big teams. Villanova and Duke are still, you know, kind of college powerhouses in, a, in and of themselves. So that game will be later tonight. It'll be interesting to find out, uh, if UNC wins, we learned this from Tom. If North Carolina can beat Kansas, they become the lowest seed to ever win an NCAA tournament. The fact that they're North Carolina, because they were an eight seed going into this because they had a horrible regular season. So uh I just can't be, believe no one it, under an eight seed has ever won. It's you know, eight's not that it's pretty good. Well, if you think there's four four groups, an eight means you're about the thirty second best team in the country. Good enough? No, not in college basketball. The top top ten or top five are usually far and away better. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean they're just they're well, here are the Tar Heels to prove that wrong. Yeah. Well like, shout out to to South Carolina, the women's the women's, yeah. Uh, one last night over UConn. Yeah. So, yeah, so maybe it could be all Carolinas. Carolinas. Look at the Carolinas. The Carolinas right. can be dominating sports <laughs> after tonight. We will we will find out exactly how that turns out. And a good morning, a happy Monday to you, Bruce and Judy, with you. And uh, we we are over a week removed from the slap herd around the world, and the fallout continues, if you will. Will Smith after slapping Chris Rock a week ago Sunday at the Oscars um, has resigned from the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. I will tell you that I have been open to the idea that the whole thing was staged. This to me means it probably wasn't. This to me is like the final straw. Okay. Cause I was like all along. I was looking at you. Unless know, he wanted to get out of being in the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and I, Sciences. I just don't want to be in the yeah, Academy. So, so what do I got to do? Chris Rock. And <laughs> that's my way out. I'm going to slap the president of the Arts and Sciences if I even got away with it. It would have been as big a deal, right? So, uh, Will Smith said he's heartbroken on, on leaving that. And it is interesting to see how the Oscars will react. Here's why I say that. I, I did not know this. I had to be told. It is tradition for the best actor winner of the previous year to give the award to the best actress sure. the next year. So is Will Smith going to be invited no. back next year to hand over to the best actress winner? Well, I don't think so. And well, my understanding is, is he only gives up his voting rights. He can yeah, still say, be invited. He... and right. Really? Wait. If he's so... dominated. Yeah, it's yeah, nothing, what does Judy. This mean? It's, okay, it's, that's my thing. It's, it's nothing. He's purely just, ceremonial. He's like, before you do anything, let me resign. You can't which kick will me out. Nothing. I quit. Well, right. but who cares? Right. I, apparently, it doesn't even matter. No. I can't imagine they would invite him back. No, they will not invite him back to give out the award. When you say that, but he assaulted Chris Rock on live television, and then they gave him an award a few minutes later. An award in which he received a you standing know, ovation. People lost their minds right at you know even <laughs> even at home. We were all just shocked into non-action because that is true. It's when we, in retrospect, 
That's unbelievable. Yeah. That's unbelievable. They didn't rush up there and grab him and take him out, and nothing happened. Apparently I think everyone they, was just like, because maybe like you, people thought, was that supposed to happen? Was they, that, did they, they know that was going to happen? They did ask him to leave. They said security, and he says, no, I won't leave. So they just let him stay. Just follow oh, all that I didn't. Through. I never heard that. I yeah. didn't know he was even asked to leave. Yeah, he was well, asked I, to I leave. Chris Rock g- gave out an award. He he, he proceeded. He's like, well, okay, I guess that's over. I'll just proceed with my job here. So, I mean, every, everything that happened was surreal, right? So now we're all looking back going, oh, yeah. I mean, he needs not to be able to, he won't be asked again. He's going to resign. And, you say Which that. means nothing. Well, and then did you read that he... He might be the biggest draw. He might be the only reason people watch next yeah, year the Oscars right. if Will Smith is invited back. Well, they, maybe they'll just that. show the infamous slap. They'll make and him then, the host and put Chris Rock in the front row. See what happens now. He, he had a virtual meeting with the two top guys at the Academy yeah. before announcing that. Which now the the Board of Governors is like, what? So, you know what? As we said before, rich Hollywood actors acting stupid. And why do we care so much? SNL couldn't get away from it, obviously. <laughs> the slap heard around the world. Man, I love movies, man. I just saw Paddington 2. You know, honestly, best movie I ever seen. I love that little bit, man. Hey, one second, y'all. Keep my wife's name out your So how about that selfie, man? Come on. I changed my Wi-Fi uh, this weekend to keep your Wi-Fi out. My, uh, uh, my, my oh, okay. <laughs> I changed my Wi-Fi name. I thought oh, that geez. was good. I saw that. Topical. Uh, I try to be topical with my Wi-Fi uh, word, yeah, so when people are searching. Um, Ricky Gervais, he's ent- what is, he hosts like the Golden Globes. Isn't that usually what he yeah, does? Yeah, I, I think he did his last one. He I remember the most recent Golden Globes that he did. He said, don't worry, this is the last one. They're never inviting me back. Because he was so inappropriate. Yeah, it was brilliantly inappropriate. Because if you thought Chris Rock is, you know, mean to Will Smith, have you ever seen what Ricky Gervais does to the audience at a Golden Globes? He does everything but talk about their mothers, for God's sakes, and never never let a good one go away. He actually posted an alopecia joke. Particularly for his wife. So, and she's got alopecia, so not a happy home life. <laughs> Posted, yeah, because and I saw him speak about that later, and he goes, "I would have made alopecia jokes, you know." And here's the thing: can we just acknowledge something? I, I had to Google when I heard, "Oh, she has alopecia." I didn't know. I don't know what alopecia right. is. So when you go and look at it, it's not life threatening. Okay, she it's she doesn't it's have a cancer. Condition. Yeah, it's a condition. Okay, she's not going to die of alopecia. Let's get one thing straight. I mean, if if she was has had an incurable disease and and Chris Rock made a joke, you know what? Go out and punch him. Okay, right? No, no, no. Still this don't go like, out and punch this him. This is like this is like much worse. High blood pressure is worse for you than alopecia. You, you know what yeah, I'm you saying? You can even cure alopecia in some cases. Yeah, or you can wear a wig like everyone else does at that damn thing too. So let's let's not go. Well, she has alopecia. I go. You know what? The more I learned about alopecia. Sorry that you have it. If that's the worst thing that's going to happen to you, you got off light. You, you got off pretty darn well, light. Yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of, you know, it was a making some, a fun of a person's personal 
condition. You know, it's it is. Which is I, what comedians do yes, constantly. Yes, exactly. Uh, if, if it's fair exactly game, it's fair game. I would hate to see her at the Venice Beach boardwalk with one of those caricature guys. That they, they would be meaner to her. They would. Yeah. <laughs> Draw a big bald, big bald you know, head. Jada Pinkett Smith hey, with buck teeth or something. She looks fantastic. I think she looks embarrassing. She's amazing. She's beautiful bald. I think Demi Moore looked hot as G.I. Jane. Yeah. I was going to sign up for the military that day. I was like, I didn't think it was a diss. I thought it was a compliment. The whole thing's just so ridiculous. Uh, Will Smith was cracking up in the seconds Mm, after he said it until he looked over at her and was like, "Uh uh-oh. Got the stink eye from her and said that. Apparently that's not funny. You go do something. That's not funny. You go defend me. Hey, good morning. Happy Monday to you. We're going to jump into the 7 o'clock hour, and here's what's coming up. Some defendants on house arrest are getting into trouble. Well, how is that possible? And if they're getting free days out of the house, what's the point of house arrest? We're we'll talking about that at 745. Thousands of Ukrainian refugees are making their way to the U.S. to escape Russian aggression. We'll talk with a refugee resettlement expert at 70 about what needs to be done to welcome those refugees to the Chicago area. And more and more canceled flights are making traveling a bit of a nightmare during spring break season. We've got some tips on how to make sure you get your money's worth in just a few minutes. But first, waking up for school can be a challenge for kids and parents alike. But an early first bell can have a big effect on mental health of students. Is it time for schools to start later? And when do your kids get ready for school? 312-591-8900. Let us know about it. Here's some interesting stats and things that I, I did not know about this. That researchers have said that teens, specifically kids, naturally go to bed later. Okay. And naturally need a little bit more sleep. And they found in school districts that had delayed start times anywhere from 8.30 a.m. to later. Research showed students got more sleep, academic outcomes and attendance rates improved over the earlier start times they had, and car crashes involving teen drivers decreased, all with, in some cases, a half hour or more of a later start time. Yeah, Is I mean, that a just, good enough excuse to start school later? I think so. Hmm. Just a little bit of, you know, extra sleep can have all those great benefits. Yeah, they say some I, schools start at 7 in the morning. I, I don't remember ridiculous. that being that early. And I, I don't get remember. parents that have to work, but guess what? The world's a different place. If your kid starts school at 8.30 and you say to your boss, sorry, can't be there till you know, 9.15, I think you're going to be okay. I think the pandemic... The pandemic has, first of all, probably prompted this new push for schools to open later, as well as I think parents are in a better position these days to say, you know, really, if your kids start school later and you got to drop them off, that's just the way it is. Mm. And California so has become has done it. It's become the first day to mandate that like by schools. Yeah. I mean, for younger kids, obviously, those kids go to bed. I feel like my kids went to bed like, oh, wait, the same time I do now. Eight. So I think younger kids probably get a little bit more sleep, but I get what they mean about the, the high schoolers. I went to Even sleep at nine the, as a kid because that's when the monsters came out. That's what I was doing. Yeah, nine as a little kid. Nine o'clock when that's the monsters came late. out. Yeah, I could that's stay up late. Yeah, yeah. you got to go to bed when the sun's still out. Yeah, the then that monsters, way. Monsters nine o'clock when they showed bright. up. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't need to be told twice. All right. I, I got to believe there are some schools in the Chicago area again three one two five nine one eighty nine hundred that already start later. They've got to be there. Not, I don't think everyone starts before 
seven or you know before eight even i think mm-hmm. eight thirty. and i feel like my i don't know nick oh your kids aren't actually there yet huh my kids no, i no, feel like started around eight see Maybe that was seven forty-five. Eight. that was, that was yeah. late start we got this thing when i was in high school called late start mondays late start monday yeah. i like the still, sound of it already wait, they still do it they probably still yeah, no, do. No, they yeah. do. I'm telling oh, you, they, they do still so, do it. Yeah. Late start Mondays every Monday. Class, you didn't. Class would start at like eight, ten, eight fifteen. Mm-hmm. I think was the time, as opposed to like seven thirty in the morning. Yeah, and see, think hmm. about that Monday morning. They know everyone's gonna. It's a weekend. You're gonna be dragging. You're gonna be dragging. So they gave you a little bit of a, you know, some breathing room there. I'd rather just be that every day. Well, eight well, ten's good. In high school, I learned that I sucked early in the morning, and first period was my worst period. And I just couldn't do it. So um, I learned, it was something I didn't know was an option. I just didn't have first period. I started my school. <laughs> I started so in homeroom in second period mm-hmm. because it just first period was a loss for me. And I would take summer school. And I would just get classes out of the way. And I'm like, well, you guys have to take, we had six periods. I go, well, I'm going to take five. <laughs> and I don't, I'm not showing up for first period. I need that extra hour of sleep. And yeah. it, worked, it worked for me. So I, I actually built a school schedule around not having to show up when they wanted You're to start school. You're a perfect example of, yeah, of probably most high schoolers. Yeah. Now, the only problem is, do they have to then stay later? I would imagine you've well, got you're to, starting later, well, I, I guess. I, makes I, sense. I looked up, it's like 6.75 hours a day, something like that. Uh, maybe uh, instruction the minimum. Time. Yeah, instruction time. Because that's what it really comes down to. And, you know, you could probably make the classes longer or shorter or your lunch or your breaks or, you know what I mean? They can work with those, those numbers. Yeah. There is a minimum amount of instruction time, I think. I believe it's like, six point general. something. Yeah, six yeah. hours. So, yeah, you could, you could work around that. I mean, it's not like it's an eight hour day. No. Because I, I think it would be bad for kids to be getting home at four. Why? I don't know. It's a long day. At four, you're tired. Well, most of those kids at, are... You know, when I used to get home at five, I'd be exhausted. Oh, well, I had after-school activities. I wasn't getting home till anywhere near well, But I mean, that's fine. It's schooling till that time. Yeah. To be actually in school studying and doing your work till four might be an issue. That's a that's a nice estimate that we were actually learning. I was going to say that's hilarious <laughs> to think that I was uh yeah, I had my nose in a book still. I probably yeah. should have, but I did not. No. Hmm. Yeah, but later start dates equate to better outcomes and less I mean just the accidents alone. If you're hearing about less driving accidents by starting later, I mean that strikes me as Kind of a no-brainer for parents right off the bat. I mean, and it kind of proves the point. They're not awake at that hour. They're they're not uh, cognitive at that hour and not able to at least drive safely. And that when you started school later, kids got into less accidents. Teenagers who still drive to school. I Do think people you, still drive to school. I drove. Oh, yeah. I started driving when I was a sophomore because. Yeah, I started driving. I just wanted to. Sophomore, uh, junior year was when I got my yeah. parking pass, and the only see that's new. Yeah. The parking pass? Oh, wow. We, That's we, another we, way for them to make money because they charge for the parking pass. pass. We had a parking lot, and anybody who showed up in the lot could park in it. Oh, yeah. no. You needed a pass. Yeah, it's got to pay pass. for it. We've got overflow. You know, Wait, it was it's, nuts. The, the, yep. To get on that list is like years long. It's ridiculous. Yeah, no. Yeah, I think it's like they just pass it down in families. Here's what I did. I walked to school because I lived across the street. Well, good for you. I know, right? The same headwigs over here. I still would have driven. Before that, no, because I moved to the suburbs. When I lived in the city, 
you know, there are no there are no school buses in the city. Did you know that? I don't see any of them no, ever. That's because there are none. So you take the CTA, right? Which I, you know, it was fine. I got to say, I know, you know sure. there could be some issues when you're late and stuff. And but yeah, you're I not going to crash the train. No, I, I feel good about seat. that. Everyone takes you take the seat if you if you don't walk to school. And by the way, you think walking to school in the suburbs was odd, but that's what you do in the city. That's why you have neighborhood schools. Yeah, mostly for high school because they're a lot fewer, of course. Sure, you might have to take a little more spread out. Yeah, I might have to take. I took a bus, by the way. I know how what an inversion you have a to bus. a bus. I took a bus my my freshman year. Last but time I, mean I ever a got city on a bus. bus. Yeah, oh, no. <laughs> I loved the bus. It was fine. I used to chat up the bus driver all the time. Right, not, they me, knew me us. And Sandy used to have great conversations. I would always sit right up front. <laughs> of course, you sat in the front her. row of the yeah. bus. You know, she was Sandy. She was actually you were distracting. He her. was the guy oh, sitting God. in the front row, <laughs> sucking up to the bus driver. She had the greatest stories. Like I she was, was the one in the back row. Oh yeah, making them pull the bus over every once in a while. And say, don't make me pull this bus over. Or you toss yeah. the crap out of the windows? It possibly happened. Yeah, maybe, you know. Same. I mean, you know. A, a He-Man figure on a uh, fishing wire just <laughs> dragging figure. him behind? <laughs> yeah, hold, holding up signs that say, help, we're being kidnapped. You know, the general stuff. Just a, a typical My thing, son right? opened the back door, the emergency exit. He was suspended from the bus for a week. He was, <sighs> I think he was six. Six nice. years old. Six years old. And a good morning to you. A happy Monday, Bruce and Judy with you. Hey, I wanted to give a quick shout out. I give a shout out to to Nancy and Jill. I met them at the uh, the Bill O'Reilly event up in Waukegan. By the way, that that Genesee Theater is fantastic, mm. beautiful, isn't it? I just that Gorgeous. was not what I was expecting in downtown Waukegan. Right. You know, I mean, you walk in the store, you're like, where the heck did this place come from, right? Uh, but uh, we met some great people up there. It was a lot of fun, and thanks to everyone uh, who showed up and was was a part of a, an amazing night there with Bill O'Reilly in Waukegan at the Genesee Theater. So this was another tough weekend for flyers. Um, some 10,000 flights Saturday and Sunday were either canceled or delayed because of storms in Florida. Uh, Southwest had an issue. They said it was a a technology issue. Uh, So you had a lot of people who got stranded, delayed, etc. And this has become almost like it's, it's almost standard now. Airlines are operating on such a shoestring as far as planes and personnel go. That the slightest little hiccup causes this ripple effect throughout the entire nation. I mean, you know, if you're in Seattle, your flight might have gotten delayed because it's storming in Florida. You know, I mean, it's absolutely crazy. I had a flight canceled. And when I got on the next flight, I was sitting next to a flight attendant. Actually sitting next to me. And, you know, I asked him questions because I'm curious about things. And he told me, he said, you know, I'm flying to Chicago to cover for another crew that's stranded somewhere else that can't get to Chicago. So he goes, so there are people sitting on the ground in Chicago waiting for me to get off this plane so that I can go and get on another. You know what I mean? Like, they are literally shuttling people around the country to try to get flights to take off. Right, But, I mean, it's the weather. What are you supposed to do? It's We we all know this happens all the time when the, you know, hair, it's a nightmare. When there's weather, there's weather, and there's nothing you can do about it, right? You can't fly in certain weather. Now, this is spring break. Flights so not are only, packed. Yeah, flights are packed. And I know, I, I, I don't know, 
you just said that there were fewer planes flying, yeah. so there's that. But I mean, it is talk about because well, they don't want pilots people. and crews. That's why the, 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 if you don't have a pilot and a crew, the plane just it's a, it's it's just a big empty tube. Right, <laughs> but I people. think for spring break, they probably I, I would think they'd be in full force because it's spring break, and we know this spring break was very very. Um, yeah. Big compared to how it well, was the past. I, I don't two think years, their staffs so. are back to the numbers they were yeah, before. Is the part of the problem, which is why they're still kind of uh, thin. I mean, so ten thousand flights is like that's crazy a ton. for a weekend. Oof. So here's kind of the from a frequent flyer, which I am. There are some. I don't know if they're tricks, but they are things you should know. And if you don't fly a lot, you may not you may not be aware of these. If your flight is canceled. Or delayed because of weather, like you said, mm-hmm. or an air traffic delay, or a mechanical condition. You are not, you don't get anything. The airline just, you, there's no compensation. You wait it out like everybody else. They are not required to do anything for you. Now, if they cancel your flight for another reason, you're entitled to a refund, a cash refund. And you can get it immediately. Now, once you take a refund, you're off their books. They don't have to rebook you. They don't have to worry about you getting anywhere else. But you are entitled to a refund if they cancel it and it's their issue on their end. Delays are something different, which is interesting. Because if you are delayed, you may be able to receive compensation for your delay. If the delay is their issue. And right now, staffing issues constitute an airline's problem not my problem seems like there are always delays it's not broken you know now they have to be it's like more than two hours and this and the other but you know what you are entitled to this you know all planes now are overbooked i saw somebody get bumped off a flight the other day if you are bumped you're standing there at the gate and they say i'm sorry we've overbooked this you're not getting on the plane judy right that better never happen. Happens all the time. How, how does that happen to begin with? Okay, we they have overbook. 50 seats in this no, plane. No, they overbook them. They, <laughs> no, they overbook every I, flight. Purpose? I, yes, I, on I purpose, think, they overbook every see, flight. I like with Nick, I think, okay, you've got all these other, you know, Expedia, Flight.com, whatever, that are also booking, and so things get messed up a no, little bit. No, no. They sell, uh, like, they have a percentage, Who they know. show up to their flight? Lots of people apparently don't wow. show up for their flights. I, that's which so is why they overbook flights. So they are bumping people. And if you get bumped involuntarily, you don't volunteer to take, because they start by asking oh, yeah. for volunteers. Uh, will somebody take a $300 voucher to take the flight at 7 o'clock tonight? That's involuntary. If they deny you boarding because of it, you are entitled to be compensated 200% of your one-way ticket, up to $775. You're oh, entitled might, to compensation. I might take that. I might take that deal. Yeah, where they say we're not going to do it. Great. If you arrive at your destination two hours later than your original arrival time, right, you can be compensated 400% of your one-way ticket. So they, these are the, the, the person at the gate is not going to tell you this. I'm only saying this nicely and maybe they don't all know, but you know, the reality is that if you are delayed and it's the airline's fault or if you're involuntarily bumped and it's the airline's fault, overbooking whatever, you are entitled to compensation. This is a law that they Okay, passed. now tell us the bad news though. What do you mean? You have to 
file it. You oh, have absolutely. to wait. You have to be persistent. You have to dispute the. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah, they thought like they're going to hand you hundred dollar bills across yeah. the table of right there, there. Yeah. So yeah, you do need to be at least be aware that you may be entitled to some compensation if the airline, if the screw up is on their end, for mm-hmm. lack of better terms. Um, which is again why you know sometimes they have to offer a hotel room if a flight's canceled. Sometimes they don't. If it's weather, so eh. if it's weather, so those ten thousand flights. If they can say it people, was weather related, okay, and so people didn't. But eventually, people got to where they were going. Yeah, but they had to wait until the airline told if, them because because of weather. That's not the airline's decision. That's air traffic control. Now, so I air have, traffic control saying planes can't take off from here or planes can't land. Well, that's the airline saying. Well, that's not us. We we can't take off mm-hmm. or land. The airport's closed. Okay. You know, you don't get compensated for that. Sorry. Mm. As much as you want to. I have somewhere to go. And they're like, airport's closed. Don't know what to do. Hey, good morning. Uh, happy Monday to you. Bruce and Judy with you. And you know what? It's easy to well, maybe become numb to some of the the news coming out of Ukraine. It seems to, you know, the war is it something of a stalemate. The images start to look the same. It's just about numbers and some of these horrific stories we hear. But you know what? Uh, as evidenced by a lot of things going on around, a lot of people can move on. A lot of people say, okay, well, it kind of is what it is. That was the story for a while. When the reality is that it's still a hell place right now. And that millions, yes, millions of Ukrainians are struggling to get out or have gotten out. And now what? We know that Chicago is expecting thousands of these refugees to eventually make their way here and some of the resettlement agencies are already prepping for that joining us right now is elma kulovic uh refugee resettlement program director for catholic charities of the archdiocese of chicago thank you so much for joining us Thank you for having me. So, good morning. Uh, good morning to you. So, this is a humanitarian crisis, uh, one that maybe we haven't seen since World War II, at least when it comes to Europe, with the amount of refugees, the people looking for aid. And the United States announced recently that we were going to have some 100,000 refugees coming here. What have you heard on your end as a resettlement agency, as someone who may be receiving them? What are you expecting? Yes, uh, yeah, you are correct. Uh, uh, government announced that about 100,000 refugees in, in this year, on, uh, in 2023, will arrive to United States. Uh, we don't have uh, any new updates about uh, numbers, how many will enter uni- uh, Chicago, but we know that Chicago has a large Ukrainian community, and we here in Catholic Charities, we already start preparing for their for arrivals, reaching out to uh, Ukrainian community, uh, preparing the volunteers, uh, working on hiring new uh, staff staff that speaks Ukrainian, uh, in order to better serve uh, uh, Ukrainians. So those are mm. the things that we currently we know. We don't know how long it's going to take. How soon uh, Ukrainians will start arriving? Um, so we hope uh, that this process will be, will be expedited. And so at least you have time to prepare. And so it sounds like you, what you're looking for are families to take in these refugees? Um, 
Yes and no. You know, we, we prefer in Catholic Charities, we, for last more than 50 years, we are providing services for refugees, and our preference is always to uh, have a permanent housing for refugees upon their arrivals in this country. So we prepare apartments for them before even they arrive to the United States, and we furnish apartments with support of uh, public support, uh, volunteer support, so we prepare everything. We welcome refugees from a- on airport and then put them in their permanent housing. However, mm-hmm. uh, it depends on how many we will get. Uh, we could eventually use also uh, uh, other people's homes who are willing to host Ukrainian families. I mean, we do. I do have a on daily basis two to, to, to five phone calls from people offering their homes oh, wow. to welcome Ukrainians. It's really amazing how uh, Chicagoans are really... Um, Welcome, and I, I must say, for me, it's always uh, heartbreaking, you know, and warming actually to see how welcoming Chicago is uh, for refugees, especially being myself a refugee who did experience, and I'm going also through really hard time because it gives me, a, uh, you know, a flashback from uh, in 90s when I left my country, which is Bosnia, oh. uh, because of, of war. So yeah. it, it, it is really, uh, but, you know, I'm really, for me, it's really uh, great that I could give back to to. Yeah. Uh, to community and continue helping refugees. Elma Kulovic is refugee resettlement uh, with the refugee resettlement program director uh, at the Catholic Charities, uh, the Archdiocese of Chicago. And yes, you are paying people back. You are you are paying that forward that that welcome yes. that you got here for the Ukrainians that we are expecting. I, I'm curious as to is there a, a language issue though? Uh, I'm going to assume that many of the Ukrainian refugees. Uh, don't speak English. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't think we should make that assumption. Uh, yeah. And and what is your concern about that? You know, the, uh, uh, you know, you are maybe correct, but uh, many Ukrainians are also, according to information that we get, that they are pretty uh, educated uh, mm-hmm. uh, people. However, with, with with Ukrainians, like with any other refugees, uh, we will work and provide services in their own language. How we work? We 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 hire people who do speak a particular language, or uh, we use interpreting services. Fortunately, uh, Chicago has a lot of different communities, and we are able to reach out to communities and, and get uh, uh, language capacities. And I do absolutely agree that uh, to serve people in their native language is really uh, important, sure. especially in the first uh, six months, I would say. So we are, that's why I said, we, we're going to plan is to hire a Ukrainian-speaking um, case manager and uh, employment counselors to work with, uh, with this population upon their arrivals. And so, Elma, do, uh, these refugees, are they coming here, do you think, to stay? Or at some point, do they want to go back to their homeland when, of course, it's rebuilt? Uh, you know, dep- depends. Like, uh, if you enter the United States under refugee status, it takes really long uh, time to do this uh, processing. Average is like two to four years. For example, for me, it took four years to to get a refugee status and to enter the United States. If you, when you enter the United States under refugee status, you have a right to become permanent residents within 12 months or become a United States citizen after five years since arrivals in this country. Um, but of course, the, 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 best, <laughs> the best will be for people 
to eventually go back to their country of mm-hmm. origin if you know if war is uh, is done and they start rebuilding and reorganizing this country so it's from ukrainians i really don't know what's going to happen but of course everybody has their own decision if they if they think that is peaceful enough and safe enough to sure. go back uh, so, I will time. I think time will tell us. Well, Elma, we thank you so much for the work that you're doing uh, and preparing for these Ukrainian refugees. And uh, people can get in touch with uh, Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Chicago and help out. Uh, obviously, monetary donations, possibly yes. opening your home to refugees. And it sounds to me like if there's anybody out there that's really good, uh, uh, Ukrainian English speakers might be very helpful for translations when they do start showing up here. Absolutely. I Absolutely. All this uh, will be really great and helpful for us. And I would like to really use this uh, opportunity to, to just to, to stress how grateful uh, we are here in Catholic Charities for all those old people and businesses who are yeah. supporting our work. This is really, um, uh, without support, uh, will be impossible to manage and to make sure that those people, whoever enter the United States uh, as a refugee, are welcome and that they really rebuild their life uh, successfully. Well, thank you, Elma, and it, uh, we're lucky to have you in the United States as well. We're glad you made it here. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> She's Elma Kulovic, uh, Refugee Resettlement Program Director for Catholic Charities uh, of the Archdiocese of Chicago and a refugee herself from uh, from Serbia. My goodness. That's what, you know, you call, that's what you call a good pick for that role. A, uh, you right? want to talk about somebody yeah. who's walked the walk. I mean, exactly. when, these, when these Ukrainians get off an airplane in Chicago and they meet Elma, <laughs> you know, they're going to know we, we have somebody who, who knows what it's do. like to be uprooted from your life. And that's interesting. I wonder how many of them will want to return. I, I'm going to assume they're not leaving Ukraine because right. they hate Ukraine. They're leaving because, because it's decades long fighting or, you know, yeah. wars. Or, it's such a one to hopefully a one time thing that when it's over, yeah, yeah why wouldn't they want to go back home? You would hope and, and be a part of rebuilding Ukraine. But yeah. but again, how can you predict what Ukraine's going to look like? I, I mean, I, a year from now. What's it going to look like right. three and days from if now? If you have a family, you can't just go right back. You've got to wait mm. for things to be rebuilt. Homes and schools and hospitals. And and, looks, I mean, areas, it's some destroyed. Areas look absolutely destroyed. Yeah. World War II level destroyed. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. Hey, and a good morning to you. How are you guys doing? All right. Hey, you know what we got coming up? We just had the uh, we just had the Bill O'Reilly event. That thing went so well. But, well, let's do another one, shall we? How about this? Joe Walsh is coming to town. That's right. You can join us for an evening of real talk as WLS presents Honest Conversation with Joe Walsh. This is happening Thursday night, May 12th, at Chevy Chase Country Club in Wheeling. All right? I mean, this guy's ran for president, congressman here, author. He's a one-man game. He knows how to talk. That's for sure. And he's a talker, without a doubt. He's a talker. So uh, head over to WLSAM.com and find more information on getting your tickets. Spend a little evening with Joe Walsh, all right? An honest conversation with Joe Walsh happening Thursday, May 12th. So we have a program here. Yeah, I'm all for programs, but I'm also for if they don't work, let's get rid of them. So there's a program, uh, and it's a provision of the Safety Act, the criminal justice reform that, that happened last year. That allows criminal defendants who have been sentenced to home confinement while awaiting trial, they're not convicted, 
um, that they can have two days a week where they're allowed to leave the house and not violate their home confinement, in other words. So they are allowed to go out. I think the idea behind it originally was maybe go out and look for a job or, or whatever it might be. Although one of our textures has a really good point uh, from 217. You can apply for most jobs from your living room on your phone. You don't it's need to 2022. Go there is 2022. Yep. You're absolutely so right. It was via Zoom, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're finding that while it's not a large number, about two dozen people who have been a part of this program um, have a committed crimes while out, for lack of a better term. So again, these are not people that have been convicted. They are awaiting trial. And instead of keeping them in the hoose cow, they're sentenced to home, home confinement. But when they're allowed out, as per the Safety Act, they're committing crimes. Yeah, this one, sounds like a mistake. One man was accused of committing an armed robbery. Others were charged with illegal gun possession, drug dealing. Three went on shoplifting sprees. Two others were shot to death. Okay. I would say you might want to keep that ankle bracelet on for their own good. You don't leave the house yet for your own safety, yeah, for you God's sake. You might get sakes. killed. I mean, you know, the fact is, it's it was like around 1%. But, I mean, are these, I just, you know, shot to death, shoplifting sprees, guns, drugs. I mean, that might be enough. Even if it is just 10 people, that's 10 too many. Yeah, because, well, and um, I guess here's one of my concerns, apart from the defendants themselves and their victims. Um, what's the liability to Cook County? Right. If one of these people is allowed out on their, you can get <laughs> two days a week, you're allowed out of the house, commits a crime, harms somebody, God forbid, kills somebody, you go back and go, so why did you let them out? Right. Why, why, why were they not restricted? Right. They didn't even. They didn't let them out. They were still under their, you know, guidance or care, or whatever yeah, you yeah, want to yeah. call it. So yeah, that liability like letting, is pretty important. It's like letting someone out of jail, you know, for a day a week, and then they we see what crimes they commit while they're right. out of jail. And then they don't worry. You got to go back. And what's with the bar? I mean, what? Okay, I I, mm-hmm. I kind of get this program a little bit, and especially it's you know all to do with low income. You know, uh, alleged criminals who don't have not convicted, the, not convicted, and you know, if you it's have important. money, if you're wealthy, you're walking anyway. You don't even have you don't even have a bracelet on. So I get that part, and it is justice. But where's the bar? Mm. How about if you if you committed an armed robbery and that's why you're out? Which I'm shocked that you would be let out on. An, but if that's the case, you don't get free days off. Right? Maybe if you shoplifted, okay. Nonviolent crimes, yes, you non-violent. mean? Nonviolent. Where's mm-hmm. the bar these days? It seems like the bar is oh, gun charge. Yeah, they can they can be like free. Oh, armed robbery. Okay, they can give them their two days off. No, it's well, it, it, especially it's like at a time dumb when crime is out of control front and center with everybody right now. Concerns mm-hmm. about it. A variety of crimes uh, everywhere across Chicago land. That crime is such an issue that a lax system inside the system seems like read the room dude wrong place wrong time right you know this is not the time to be doing things like this when so many people are and i can argue rightfully concerned understand about uh, under under, concerned about crime in their neighborhood
Yeah, I just, it's just an odd, uh, and maybe the, maybe what, as John Howell said earlier in the show, maybe it's a judge should be making that decision. That a judge should be deciding who gets to get out on that. Who gets the two day a week. Exactly. Case by case. I mean, it might be a pain, but it might be worth it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it. the bar is too low and it, it, it's, it's just seems like it's too broad. Everyone gets out. If you're in this group, you get to have your two days. So if I, you're in this group, you got to go case by case in most cases. I had my brush with the law Saturday night here on the mean streets of Streeterville. Mm, what'd you do now? First off, I was minding my own business. I start every story with that. Yeah, every, exactly. Minding so my what own did business. you do? Uh, and uh, I'm walking. Uh, down Illinois, which is uh, you know right right over here. I'm kind of walking parallel to the river. All right, when I hear the sirens, and all of a sudden, I'm going to go with between five and eight Chicago police. You know they, they what do they have the uh, SUVs? You know they're not squad cars. Squad SUVs. cars we call. They come out of everywhere, including the wrong way down Illinois, and block what? the street. Why? Because Where there you was were a, standing. You mean? Right where I, well, I'm walking along because there was a brawl at the movie theater. Oh, and it spilled out onto the street, and so the sidewalk in the street has—I don't want to say 175 people, maybe—and apparently all of them are in some way, shape, or form kind of involved in this dispute that had happened in the movie theater. They shut the movie off and kicked everybody out onto the sidewalk, and that's when the popo showed up. So that was my brush with the law. You know, as I, I, all I do, I just crossed the street, kept walking. All right, it's Chicago. Keep going, right? <laughs> it, and it's not just Chicago. It's a movie fight theater. It, it's a movie theater, theater fight. Yeah. It's these things are just driving me crazy. Yeah. Shootings at bowling everywhere. alleys. You can't go anywhere. No, yeah, it's and it's, it's all over the country. It's not just here. It's fair, happening fair everywhere. Fair point. Yeah, we're we're not unique. Be uh, sadly. careful out there. Yeah. Hey, good morning and a happy Monday to you. Here we are kicking off the 8 o'clock hour and Will Smith has officially resigned from the Academy in the wake of Slapgate. Does he have to give back the Oscar too? And how did Saturday Night Live react? We've got all that coming up at 8.45. And at 8.30, we take a trip to a jolly old English pub complete with classic British suppers right here in Chicago. And if you got some serious road rage, it may be your commute that's turning you into the Incredible Hulk on the highway. That's in just a few minutes. All right. Um... We'll talk about that and talk about road rage as a lot of people are behind the wheel right now commuting. I'm sorry. I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh, um, okay. Commuting, you get in your car. You get you in your car. Yeah, Bruce's commute is what? Uh, one <laughs> yeah. block walk. It is a walk. Exactly. When the police don't stop him. When the police don't stop him. When the cops don't Shutting down <laughs> Illinois. Yeah. Uh, Thankfully, over a block. the sun is coming out, although we can expect some rain a little bit later. But it was a little you know, earlier this morning, mm-hmm. a little, little sprinklies out there. Uh, that certainly doesn't help the commute out there. And we're finding that, you know what, maybe your commute, maybe the length of time you spend in the car is literally bad for your health, mentally and physically. Maybe you didn't need me to tell you that. Yeah. You already knew that it Anything was. Anything over 10 minutes, and I'm annoyed. Okay. <laughs> so as you can imagine, I've been annoyed for most of my career. Anywhere, any yeah, with more than 10 minutes. Because mm-hmm. you and can't I get really, across the street in 10 minutes around yeah, here sometimes. I, I mean, my commute is probably, uh, it's not bad. It's around, let's say, 30 minutes. Sometimes it's 20, sometimes it's 40. So I'll say around 30. Okay, average. I, I 
Well, why, why would your your commute time change? You're coming in in the middle of the night. It, I don't know. It uh, is there traffic? Oh, oh, yeah. Traffic's getting, you know what? Every week. At four in the morning, there's traffic. and more oh, traffic. Atlanta. Oh, sure. All the, um, you know, the tradespeople, they all work early. Oh, okay. Because yeah, you know work. how I know that? They all have those big-ass trucks. They got pick-em-up trucks. With the huge headlights that shine okay. in my rear view They got mirror. a ladder strapped to the yeah. roof. Okay. I mean, I, I appreciate the truck. It looks cool, but it's like, oh, God, just I try to just stay in the, in the left, yeah, right lane the whole time. But anyway, I don't understand people who tell me that they commute an hour 45. Literally. Yeah. Even anything, even an hour. Yeah. An hour commute to me is, I I couldn't do it. I won't do it. Every day. Oh, Nick, I don't, I don't know how you do. I just, and I guess you get used to it like anything, right? And don't Yeah, until the blood clot moves up from your leg and into your heart. You're you're making fun of that, but but it's true. Literally, like the sedentary sitting still for long times is not good for you. And with your stress level. Yeah, put all yeah, that together. The stress behind the wheel, the road rage that can uh, I mean, the stress up, if becomes you a physical thing. The stress causes physical ailments like a blood clot. Ugh. You know, Ugh. so I, I think we just no more commutes. So uh, yeah, just don't commute. Well, I, and, and I think a lot of people are excited that they don't have to and don't want to commute anymore. But we know that road rage in and of itself, that there are... Are, are some people, and maybe more now than before, who are a little aggro behind the wheel. They've got a bit of a short fuse when they are driving. And have we all become a little bit more aggravated? Is the general stress of living these days just made more and more people road ragers on a, on a scale? You know? Yes, yes. You think that's true? Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, you you're always going to have your road ragers. They're the, those are the people who have a short fuse. They just those are the ones who are always out there. But you know, the pandemic has created, for whatever reason, anxiety, more annoyance, more a little bit more rage. Yes, you know, people were off for two years, sitting in their pajamas at their kitchen table. You know, they're, I mean, I think some people they, forgot how to drive. I'm not saying they weren't working, but they certainly weren't commuting. Mm. And to have to go back, I'd be pissed. It's a, it's a negative thing for it's them. Def- I think I, it's for anyone. I I, I, I tend to, it, it may come as a surprise, I'm not a road rager. I don't shake my fist, flip people off. I've never used the horn. Don't even know what the horn sounds like in my car. Mm. Couldn't, couldn't begin to tell you. Um, I tend to ignore people. Like, I, I see, I start, I think it comes with attitude. So when I get behind the wheel and I... Turn on the ignition. I assume everybody I'm going to encounter, it's their first time ever driving. That they've never ever driven a motor vehicle before. Every single one of them is a student driver on a, on a learner's permit. And so when you start with that, you're not surprised when people can't stay in their lane or you know, drive like idiots. You're like, well, of course they're an idiot. They have no idea what they're doing. So when you start with that, it keeps you, at least for me, it keeps me from getting angry at them. I assume they're idiots. Right, and well, then I just that's a good point. It's because it is it is awfully easy to get angry. I'm not saying I get I'm enraged, but I I do tend to just snap at, to mm. myself in my car when someone's going the speed limit. Like, oh, get can move over the speed limit. It's ridiculous that yeah. So I think yeah. if you start with that premise, it's got to help. Only right? time you can do the speed limit if you're a horse and buggy, I'll let you do the speed limit. Other than that, <laughs> you got to pick up the pace. I had a lady the other day, and again, I ignored her. 
um, driving on Lakeshore, and she's merging onto Lakeshore. I'm driving. I'm in the right lane. I'm getting ready to exit. She cuts across. It's called the Gore Point. Don't ask me how I know that. You know, the little triangle, the white triangle. Mm -hmm. By the way, you're not supposed to drive across that. It's there for a reason. You're supposed to wait till it gets to a point before you merge. And she tries to cut across and merge into traffic across the Gore Point. And I didn't move. I don't flinch. I don't care. They build new cars every day. And I'm like, she honks at me, pulls up next to me, and I'm like, I'm just curious how you think any of this is my fault. You yeah. know, that you don't know how to merge? Not my issue, lady. I'm assuming it's your first day driving. That's, and so I just keep going. I'm like, I don't care. That's the most annoying driver, right? The one who's like, I know I'm wrong, but why aren't yeah. you... Like backing off. Why did to, I move away yeah, so she could merge me. early? Exactly. Not going to happen. Do it. I love the one who merges on and then goes right to the left lane. Oh, Ooh, does the, does the four lane the traffic, change Everyone across. stop yeah. for me. I'm very important. Yeah. Now, that's what people are thinking of you, though, when you're doing your 90 on the expressway and everyone else is going their 70. They're like, oh, mm. you are so important that mm. you need to get there first. I was doing 90 and their cars were still passing me. And I was like, I need to pick up the pace. I got to tell I don't like getting passed, period. It's the racer in me. I just don't like getting passed on the road. And especially on the I don't like when somebody's going faster. I want to, okay, so however the fastest car than... is, I got to be one mile over that. Oh, my goodness. That's all. That's all. You know, just set it. And let's just cruise along here. Let's all get where we're going to go quicker. Don't you get that out on the racetrack? I mean, not nearly the enough, frustration apparently. you obviously have built it's not up about driving. I just like driving fast. I know hmm. I enjoy driving fast. It calms me. I'm not... Yeah, yeah, I think it's beyond enjoyment when you have to be one mile faster than the fastest yeah, person. I just don't like getting passed. Yeah. <laughs> I, I you know that's called competitive. Yeah, I don't have a problem race. with it. Just keep keep cruising along, right? Mm. Uh, but yeah, road rage is just. I, I, and in this day and age, who hasn't heard the stories of? Yeah, it's very sad. You know, you shook your fist at somebody and they shot back. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like you really got to be committed to your road rage to not assume that maybe the person on the other end of it is completely deranged yeah. and might react in a negative it. way. So not worth it, right? Keep like, it to yourself. Yeah, just again assume. It's everybody's first day behind the wheel. Yeah, I'm going to do that on the way Assume home Assume they're all student drivers. Student drivers. They just <laughs> didn't put the little sticker on the back, right? And that they have no idea what they're doing. Just no concept. You know what's funny about that? When it does have that sticker on the back, student driver, I do give them a pass, of course. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, and my yeah, kids are new. driving. Yeah, and there's a kid or even an older person, you know, driving. And you're like, yeah, okay, you're doing good. Yeah, keep you know, up you're, the good you know, work. You're going 15 on the Eisenhower. You haven't wrecked yeah, anything yet. Go. Exactly. Oh, look at you. High yeah. five as we go by. <laughs> no, I try not to distract them. Yeah. Because they're already a little bit distracted. Hey, good morning to you and a happy Monday. Bruce and Judy with you. And road rage instances are on the rise. Even as fewer people are driving, it seems counterintuitive. So why are people more stressed behind the wheel? And why are they more likely to engage in, dare I say, crazy behavior? Craig in Peoria, what do you see? Hey, uh, I lived in the Aurora area for 18 years, mm -hmm. and I had... Um, uh, I technically Yorkville, but the Aurora area is a general vicinity. But I would go. I had a job in Des Plaines uh, for about eight months, and I had to go up uh, three ninety, two ninety, three fifty five uh, to there and Route seventy two to get to it, and it was just a nightmare. I, I had a little Chevy Cavalier and. <laughs> The top speed of that thing, uh, I mean, the engine was spinning at 3,000 RPMs at 75 miles an hour, and that was about all I dared to put on that poor thing. 
And it wouldn't go any faster it, if it went off a cliff. But how fast was everyone else going? Oh, easily much faster. I mean, 85 plus sometimes. Yeah. No and doubt about it. The, uh, the 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 recommended driving practices when I talk to people about this in Chicago is radically different from everywhere else in the state. <laughs> different rules. You know, they recommend that you follow your following distance should be uh, uh, two seconds or more depending on your speed. Well, the the recommended following distance on the the tollways is uh, one quarter car length uh, regardless of speed. I was going to say six inches, but yeah, you're you're right about there. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, Craig. Appreciate it. Hey, Brian, uh, you're down in Indiana. What do you notice? Yeah, uh, listen, I don't know if there's a special gene with people from Illinois and driving, but I was coming home on Lakeshore Drive, coming back to Indiana from Chicago, and I get on there and people are blowing their horns at me, flashing their lights behind me, and I'm like, what's wrong? I'm doing 70, so I pump it up to 80. People are still doing the same thing. And I said, I'm not going 90. Forget that. People are doing 90 and plus. Yeah. I swear, cars were flying past me so fast. I yeah. swore I saw one car go in the hyperspace. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it, Brian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's it is true. I, it's embarrassing almost. Like when you're from from Illinois, it's I, why well, maybe we... it's because they saw the Indiana plates too. No, oh, we love our we love our Indiana neighbors. I'm a target. Watch it's out. Just, people just are going too fast. <laughs> Thank I'm you. going as fast as I can. Yeah, <laughs> I remind you that the speed limit uh, for some people, like myself, is the point when you go. I can no longer drive any faster. I am going my speed limit. That's the speed limit to me. I can no longer go quicker. Well, just for you speeders, you high speeders, um, there are those of us who like to do, you know, the legal limit. I got no problem I, with that. That's I what go, the right lane's for. I go for. 15 miles over. That's what the right lane's for. But I'm like, for. I'm like our last caller. I'm done. No, I'm not going any farther. Yeah. I mean, any faster. And it's true. People are behind you. They are right up on your tail, beeping and flashing their lights. I don't and- do that. Yeah, I might get close mm, to you. If you're I camped in the you. left lane, oh, I'll get close. Well, uh, how about if I'm just in the, in the, you can't get in the left lane and I'm in the, you know, second from left lane. Are you still going to no, try to I, scare me mad, to move I'm over? I'm not mad at anybody who's driving in a, a lane that's not the left lane. You can go right. whatever speed you want. Don't care. The left lane is not for going fast. Yes, just it so is. You know, no, it's for, it's passing. for passing. Right. But it's not for speeding. If I can get to your back bumper, that means I can pass you. Get the hell over. <laughs> That's what it means. If I can get to your back bumper, that means I'm passing. And if you don't move over, I will see how close I can get to your back bumper. Because, again, I've got great insurance and I've got the airbags. So, I don't care. We can ball this thing up in a ball of fire. I'll walk away. <sighs> Maybe, maybe yeah, not. Maybe not. And but that's the thing I'm willing to take the chance. Wow. Are you just pass? Okay. Are you no. right? Uh, so yeah, that comes down to it. So uh, and you know what else is so weird with this road rage? Because I feel like people during the pandemic went the other way, right? Everyone what became. Do you mean? Everyone, I think everyone became a little bit kinder. And oh, you know, I get it. I I understand. It's going to take a long time to get my pickup delivery because. You don't have enough staff. And I mean, I thought we just were a little bit more generous, but not on the road. Mm. It's almost like everything else in our lives, we we accepted that things were going to be slower. You know, our service wasn't going to be as good. But not when we got in the car, it's like, oh, no, you get no break for not going 90 <laughs> or getting out of the left lane. 
Uh, Jay, up in Michigan, uh, you have an opinion on the Illinois driver. Opinion about everything, but I'll stick to this one. Fair enough. I, I say this. Illinois drivers, we are definitely superior drivers. We've had to. We've grown up in, around the city dealing with the fast people making quick, bad decisions. I drive out here in Indiana now. Uh, they're also they're a little bit slow. You know, they're not the best drivers, but it's all about spacing. Speed doesn't matter. You can drive as fast as you want as long as you're spaced properly. Mm-hmm. Fast people, you can do what you want. I think it's a spacing thing. And I'll give you my opinion real quick on the road rage. I think that's just because we all know in the car, if you make a bad move, it could all be over in an instant. Yeah. So there's a little bit of that fear underneath that, you know, you kind of like, all right, we're on it. We're ready to go here. But that's just my little two cents from, uh, you. you know, one old stoner on the road getting it done. So. <laughs> <laughs> Always give yourself oh, an out. Always give yourself an out. Thing. Oh, Bruce, let me answer the question for, for, for Chicago. Please. The reason that we get the rules and the laws that we do is because we keep voting for the same yeah. people. And they know Nothing they're changes. never going to get unelected. So we're never going to get any real change in that because they know they have nothing to fear. Yeah. They can do literally whatever they want. What's their worst so case that's scenario? That's what I'm doing now. Yeah, that's my philosophy. I'm going to live like a politician. Just do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Careful again, because around here, a lot of them end up in jail. I'm just going to say that's that, true. Uh, you know, they do be careful. Living like a politician can come back to bite you in the butt, to say to say the least. By the way, speaking of the- driving, I just have one little tip. I went to Woodman's this weekend. Mm-hmm. Gas three ninety nine. Oh, Boom! Nice. Just a little tip for nice. everyone, because mm-hmm. I know how fast you like to drive, Bruce. You might want to go fill up at Woodman's, because mm. you blow through gas like nobody's yeah, business. And I, yeah. Stop by the cheese aisle while you're there too. Oh, I got walk. some cheese too. Had to. Good. How does that work in the tank? Do you have to push it in directly, or <laughs> do you melt it down and smelling, pour it but... in? Like I don't understand how that's going to help me go any quicker. And a good morning to you. A happy Monday. Might even warm up a little bit today. Yes. Bruce and Judy with you right now. And we love to go around. We love to celebrate some of the amazing restaurants, the the businesses, the culture of food that is Chicagoland. We call this part. Get in foodie with Bruce and Judy. And joining us right now is executive chef Mark Hill from the Albion Manor and the Parlor at the Albion. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. How you guys doing? So far, so good, Chef. So um, tell me a little bit about what you're about at the Albion, uh, the Albion Manor, and, and, and where am I going with this? Because the name itself makes me think a little British, possibly? Uh, possibly. Who knows? <laughs> no, seriously, yes. It, uh, definitely British. Uh, two, two separate um, identities, really. Downstairs, let's... Uh, more of a British upscale bar, definitely uh, some soccer going on yes. upstairs, cocktail lounge. So I can come, I can I can uh, sit down and have a a traditional British meal while watching while watching some football. That is exactly what I'm talking about. All right, so I will say fairly traditional. I, you know, I took a few liberties here and there. Um, you know, Jamie, one of our owners, is, is uh, from Great Britain, so he kind of keeps me in check a little bit. But, you know, i got to have some fun with it. Give me an example of how you took a British dish and made it your own. Uh, well, I'll give you one example. One, uh, a very kind of a really a famous blue cheese, a Stilton. Uh, we have a Stilton ravioli. 
that mm-hmm. we use. So obviously, that's not something you're going to find traditionally speaking, but it still has those British influences. Um, oh. You know, the, the Plowman's Lunch, uh, Yorkshire Pudding, all of these things are British where we take, you know, a few local ingredients and just some other things to make it uh, more kind of Chicago international, if you will. Now, do you have a shepherd's pie? That's That's British, right? It is. We don't have a shepherd's pie, but we do have a steak and ale pie. So we. Oh well, that's even better. Pies, we just yeah, exactly. We just switched it up a little bit. So that and that's something that's uh, baked to order. So that's definitely something you're going to want to try when you come by. Mm, yeah, gotta have pie. Oh, that's come really on. traditional. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. I, when I think I, and, and and leave it up to me because I'm a simpleton. When I think of British, when I think of that, I think fish and chips. You know, yeah. maybe the Brits oh, don't want to sure. be famous for fish and chips, but they're famous for fish and chips for, to me. Oh yeah, for sure. And we and we have a great fish and chips dish. So yeah, that's definitely you know house cut chips. Uh, we use cod that we season bread, fry. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, Carlsberg is the beer we use in that batter. So <laughs> that is definitely on the menu and definitely worth checking out. Here, here. Now for Restaurant Week, you guys are doing a lunch, right? We are. Can you we tell are. us about that? So, uh, three, three courses. Um, you know, there's a rocket salad option in the first, uh, the cured tuna, uh, oysters. Um, you know, the second course, there's a, a kind of a smaller version of the, the Palmas lunch. Um, you know, our, our house burger. So there's, there's, there's some good options in there. Yeah. And, uh, restaurant week going all this week, obviously still, it's, it's turned into like a, Restaurant three weeks, hasn't it? I mean, it's a little yeah, more than yeah. just a week, thankfully. Hey, that's yeah, a good thing. Yeah, let's not argue, right? Hey, as a as people that like food and, and restaurateurs, you guys, let's have more of it. Uh, what has that been like for you, though, on, on your end? Are, are things getting back to normal? I, I, I always feel the need to ask, how's it going from the inside? Uh, you, there's definitely a trend of, of more people are going out. Uh, you can definitely see an uptick in and business, uh, people are coming in, people are, you know, they want to be out. So, you know, it feels like everyone's ready. So, you know, the restaurant week for lunch has been, has been pretty good for us. You can tell that even in the middle of the day, people are ready to get out and, um, mingle a little bit and have some good food. Oh, that's nice. And I mean, since you are a pub, I'm going to think that drinking is like mandatory. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm on board with that. So it's, you know, if you guys are coming by, we're definitely going to, going to pour some drinks here here anything special uh you know this uh the cocktail menu is great uh the beer selection you know obviously there's going to be a decent amount of british beers uh and some other european um so you know whatever you want <laughs> you're already leaning that way towards a british inspired scenario then you definitely got to come by and check us out he's executive chef mark hill with the albion manor and the the parlor at the albion so mark where where does your passion for food come from were you always uh like this did you always know you wanted to be a chef i i didn't always know i wanted to be a chef but i was always into food whether it's watching you know my mom or my grandmother cook um you know then as as things changed as i got out of high school and started looking at schools and whatnot um I had already started cooking, and I was working at a pizza hut, you know. Um, so I just started, you know, went in that direction. And, you know, 25 years later, you know, still doing it. So Wow. That's a heck of a timeline from a from pizza hut to the Albion. I mean, that is a, that's a career. 
Uh, I, I think so. Yeah. That's fantastic. And not only that, it ta- I mean you it's like you have to almost devote your life to it, right? It's so consuming. Yeah, it is it is definitely consuming. Um but uh for me, you know, it's a labor of love. So there's not there's not really anything else I would rather do, so I guess I have that on my side. That's outstanding. Well, you know, having that passion allows you to do the things like the creative things you're talking about. Take traditional English dishes, if you will, but put your own your own spin on it. I mean, there is a certain measure of you have to be kind of creative to be a chef, right? At least a good one. Well, yeah, for sure. And that's and that's that's the great part about it for me. You know, you, the best part is that with what we do, you're always learning. Like you're never going to know everything. So. You know, different people you work for, different people you work with. Um, you know, you're always learning. You can, and all these things help develop uh, the food that you produce. So, yeah, it's, it's great, man. I Like I said, there's not really anything else I would rather do. So I'm lucky right. in that regard. Is it a lot of trial and error? I often wonder, like, who would think that you'd have Stilton ravioli? Which is delicious, I'm sure. It sounds delicious to me. But, you know, do you do you try some things and they just don't kind of work out? Oh, for sure. Like there's always there's always ideas, and then there's actually you know putting it into into motion. So sometimes you can keep working at it until you get it right, and sometimes you might think, you know what, I'm gonna have to set this aside and work on something else. But yeah, I mean it's, it's always a process. Um, every, every once in a while, it comes out perfect right away, and you're, you're just like, yes. <laughs> this is it. You, know? you hit the sweet spot. Hey, Chef, thank you for your time today. The AlbionManor.com is where you can go to make your reservations, learn more as part of uh, Restaurant Week, and uh, go and, again, enjoy some footy and, uh, and sample some of uh, Chef Mark Hill's great work. Thank you for your time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Have a chef. good day. You too. That's Executive Chef Mark Hill with the Albion Manor. Uh, and uh, two restaurants kind of at one. They got the bar, and then they've got the more yeah. you know, uh, formal. Uh, I, I the love dining. the look of it, though. The pub, it's like It's like a true British yeah. Oh, yeah. pub when you think and about I just, that. I just, I love fish and chips. Love fish yeah, and chips. Yeah, I'm, I'm a And when you get man. it authentic like that. Good fish yeah. and chips. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can Made tell the difference. Made with ale, yeah. yeah. Although that, that steak and ale pie, whew. Sounds yeah. good too. I was Made in to London order, for a week and I had fish and chips <laughs> every, every day. day. I was like, well, I went to a different place every day. And you get it in newspaper. I was like, I got to find out it's how this best. works. You know, anything I, wrapped in paper is always so good. Okay, that's an important tip. I didn't know that. So when because they say chips and it always throws me off a little bit. But are there are they chips are French fries? I know. Just real are thick they cut. the same kind of yeah, fries? The, kind of the thick, thicker okay. ones. Thicker you know, ones. Yeah, but yeah. same. They're salted. They're yeah. just. Fried, obviously. Hey, I wanted to give a bit of a shout out to uh, a, a friend of the show, Pastor Brooks. And uh, Pastor Brooks is going through a difficult time. You know, he was up on the roof. He came off mm-hmm. the roof because his mother uh, has entered hospice care. Mm-hmm. And he oh, is no. by her side. And uh, I've been texting uh, with the pastor, uh, sending him our love and know that the, the concern of so many others out there at a very difficult time for him as well. So I just wanted to uh, make sure we knew that we were thinking about Pastor Brooks. He does so much for other people. And this is a time when, you know, he, he could use your thoughts, your mm-hmm. prayers, and your well wishes as well as he's going through such a difficult time with his mom. Might be one of the reasons why, hey, Hey, good morning. Happy Monday to you. It's going to drive for a little bit, but we might get a little more rain later on. Sorry. Enjoy the sun while you can. Bruce and Judy with you right now. And this this has been a story. This is going to be like one of these things like, where were you when Will Smith 
slapped Chris Rock. This is becoming some sort of bizarre touchstone for our uh, our entire uh, um, country. Well, around the world, they're paying attention to it. And the latest version is Will Smith has now resigned from the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Now, it appears that he resigned as they were meeting to decide whether to kick him out. <laughs> and really, the big question is, what does it actually mean? To resign from yeah. it? Yeah. Hmm. He can't be nominated again? No. Oh, no. You don't have to be a member to be nominated. Oh, so he can still be nominated. I think you don't um, get to vote. Doesn't get to vote. You don't get to vote on who wins. One of the thousands. Wow, I'm sure that is, thousands. yeah. You know what? Talk about a self-imposed punishment. Yeah. Big deal. Yeah. This is stupid. He is, he who cares? Is, at least, I, I would tell this, because his initial response, I thought, was less than thrilling. But he's at least taking some responsibility for it. Don't yeah. you think? Now? Um, now, how many days has it been? A it's week? been a few. Took him a while to apologize to Chris Rock. It's been a week. Yeah. More than a week. Yeah, I took time for him to get, you know, get his thoughts together. It wasn't like he was immediately apologetic. No. He, no, no. So I don't, I don't know. It brings up so many things. And why, why, did, why is this event such a such a point in history why is this one thing what there's a lot going okay, on in the world okay there's a lot going it's on it's not important by any means i didn't say it was important no so i'm just laying that down first but it's just it's so outrageous that we're like Ooh, over the top over the top we're kind of enjoying it but i don't really care i don't no, really I care, care about I, you know it's just whatever i mean you know we're talking about it but it's just something almost fun to do not that hitting someone is fun but <laughs> well, that, again, that gets into a bit it, of an interesting we thing talked about it earlier, violence though. is entertainment no it's not but it we as a nation were so people who were physically there those of us watching were so shocked that we were shocked into inaction like nobody the, the show went on I mean, I've heard about the show must go on, but come on. Nobody even reacted until after, which is funny because now you know, a week later, he's actually reacting. Should should he lose the Oscar for Best Actor? See, I don't think he should be nominated anymore. That should be Well, punishment. anymore. Yeah, done. But no should he lose he, the one he won last week? Yeah, I, then you know what? Let's go through the list of all the... I agree. Pieces of crap. You start. You start. You start pulling his. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. yeah, The people actually committed crimes, for example. You know, as opposed to. uh, I mean, he. It was bad what he did, but people have done so much worse. Yeah, the uh, the academy says they're not going to take his Oscar away again because I think, like you pointed out, what a slippery slope that would be. Where then you would bring up every person who's ever won an Oscar who's done something wrong, which, by the way, is all of them. Yeah. Uh, and then they would all be facing some sort of pressure. Now, but that, that gets to: can you separate the artist from their actions? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, mm. is it going to be difficult to wash Fresh Prince of Bel Air anymore because you you don't like because you think about what Will Smith did? Can you separate the actor or the singer? You know, I mean, he had songs originally from their. I don't know if he would call this his worst moment, but certainly a bad moment. You know, I mean, I'm probably not when it comes to getting awards. I mean, I could do it in a movie. I could forget, you know, watch a movie, a Will Smith movie. But I think when it comes to outside of that, anything he does as Will Smith, besides just, you know, a movie where he's not really Will Smith, right? He's playing a playing, character. Playing a character. Yeah, but when he's Will Smith, no, we're never going to forget it. We're all going to see that slap 
forever and yeah. hear it slap. Okay, I was actually confused as to whether he punched him or, or slapped him. Apparently, it was more of a slap than a punch. Yeah, but it was kind of in between. It was weird, but he because I just saw his a slunch. <laughs> <laughs> is that a thing? This story is so stupid that I want to go with that. Yes, yeah, a slunch. It was yeah. a slunch, and it was a good slunch. Um, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see it for maybe forever. He's gonna. He's. You know what? The best thing he could have done. I wish he had had his head about him, but obviously he didn't because he hit someone. Is that he should have not accepted that Oscar. He should have said thank you, but you know what? In light of oh, what I, in light of what I just that, that did, you know what? I think that would have diffused it. Oh my gosh, and it would have peaced. I would have, I would have mm. thought, what a stand-up guy. He lost his mind, and now he realizes, you know, the error of his he ways. Did get and a he did get a standing ovation <laughs> when he won from the Again, same people who allegedly were we, shocked was like, that he just smacked yes, the host. It was like everyone was just in, on autopilot and didn't. It was so shocking that nobody knew how to react, so mm. they just reacted how they were supposed to. Like, you always give a standing ovation, right, to the best actor. That's what you're supposed to do. I guess. Ouch. That might be one of the reasons why you think we're going to heck in a handbasket. Judy says she can restore your faith in humanity. Hey, it is National Autism Awareness Month, oh. celebrating the differences and promoting acceptance of autistic people around us. Studies show adults diagnosed with autism struggle with unemployment and underemployment at an alarming high rate. Now, Dave Friedman is the CEO and founder of Autonomy Works. That's an organization in the Chicago suburbs, specifically Downers Grove, working to create jobs for the more than one million potential workers with autism spectrum disorders. Autonomy Works leverages the unique talents and abilities of people with autism to provide their clients with essential services. Now, they say by enabling this skilled workforce, they are able to lower costs, improve quality, and increase flexibility for clients. The group has created tools processes and training that enable that unique workforce their innate capability to perform repetitive detailed oriented work with exceptional quality autonomy work specializes in analytics website maintenance and quality assurance their mission to change the way the world views people with autism oh that's tremendous yeah, and and the, and the job opportunities, tremendous employees. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, people don't, a lot of people don't like repetitive work. Yeah, good point. There you go. Contact sort Autonomy with your Works. Autonomy Works. Thank you for restoring our faith in humanity. Also, thanks a lot to MG and the Posse in Mission Control, hitting all the buttons and making things happen. Also, uh, well, we've got an info producer Miranda over there on the other side of the double pane bulletproof glass. Our DJ Tom, hush your mouth. Working the ones and twos all morning, and we've got Nick Gale, who's sticking around. Nick's going to be delivering your news, your traffic, your weather, your information, everything you need to know. It's on the way on 890 WLS.